Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we thank you, Lord, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise your name. We thank you, Father, for bringing us through to the point that we're at now. And we pray that you will be ever-present and constantly, continuously working with us as we seek you, as we do the very best that we can to harmonize our walks, our sanctification process, the things that we go through on a daily basis, our refiner's fire events that will bring us hopefully to a place of greater harmony with your will that we're able to experience the best um, possible anointing and supernatural experience associated with the walk that, that we all especially need right now. Father, we thank you for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for allowing us to be able to see the things that are happening around us, whereby the Bible is reading very much like a newspaper. We praise you, Father, more than anything, because uh, well, I do. I, I can I can say that. I hope that everybody else is as well. And I pray in Jesus' name that if they, if any of the listeners are not progressing in their walk, that they will seek you on their knees and they will truly pour out their hearts to you, and and beseech you, Father God, in fervent tears, to help them uh, correct their course, to help them deal with things that may still yet exist in their behaviors, their feelings, their lives that they know somehow deep down inside that they really just don't belong there and they're not pleasing to you, Father. And may we all have that courage to to, to cry out to you in, in, in a fervent supplication, Father, to, to to simply just just lay it at the foot of the cross and say, Father, whatever you've got to do to get us to where we need to be, do it. It takes a lot of courage because, Father, we know that you're going to come through. We believe with all of our heart. In fact, we know with all of our heart that you will come through. That's why we're going to stand up in the morning. We're going to raise our hands into the heavens uh, no matter how early it is. And we're going to give you the praise, Father, that you deserve because we know that you're going to come through. We know that you're going to answer our prayers. We know that our courses are going to be corrected and the things that we feel that should not be in our hearts will go away. We know, Father God, that you are there 
for us. We do not want to practice willful and habitual sin, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint us with a strength that we have never had in our walk thus far, and that you will bring us that the 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 you know through that the, the, we'll call it the final few yards of the journey, uh, without actually being able to put our fingers on it because only you, Father, know when that moment will be, when um when things will break and the first fruits barley harvest will be evacuated off this alien demon infested rock, which it is, and um you know and and and. Father, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We praise you for all the things, the mysteries that have been revealed to us. We pray that anything that uh, we've presented, passed along, conveyed to the listeners uh, that may have lacked an accuracy over the years or may have more to the story than what we're aware of, Father, if if it's troubling to their hearts in any way, we pray that it just melts away into a deep blue sea of your forgiveness and forgetfulness, Father, that everyone will take uh, all matters to you in prayer and praise and seek you for a course correction, but doing it with a humble and contrite spirit, understanding that none of us know all the things we just want to know as much as we possibly can about you about the mysteries that are associated with our biblical walk and about the things that are about, you know, and um, intimately become familiar with those things which we are not only experiencing now but will be ex- possibly experiencing in the, in the relatively near future. We do not know how long. Only you do, Father. And we just pray in Jesus' name. And, Father, I pray that others will join me in this very short prayer because we're two or more agreed together on this earth you will do it for us you have promised us promised us that much in your scripture and we stand upon that with all of our heart and um and i'm just going to go ahead and find this praise you jesus because it's one of my favorite all-time favorite verses thank you father oops i'm gonna flip some of these away yeah again i say to you matthew 18:19. if two of you agree on earth Concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew eighteen nineteen. Holy Lord Jesus, we thank you for that word. We embrace that word as the inerrant truth of the living God, our King, the lover of our soul, and our friend. And together we pray in unison, together, our spirits united on this earth. That's where we're at. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every single listener of this program, Father, in Jesus' name, will be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand right there before you, Lord Jesus, at the wedding supper. And now to him, our Lord and King, our Savior and the lover of our souls and friend, our advocate in heaven forever and ever, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy, I believe, in the throne room, because we will ascend the holy hill in Jesus' mighty name. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen.
God, thank you, Jesus. Oh, look around you. Tonight we have a Ed Sullivan show, a really, really big shoe. Let's see. Let's go back in time here a little bit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's live from New York, the Ed Sullivan Show. And now, here he is, Ed. We got a really big shoe tonight for you. <laughs> I actually remember that stuff. Sitting like a little, I'm just like the little kid in the 60s. <laughs> Everything was black and white. I remember the first TV, color TV we got. <laughs> it's like cable, too. I mean, it was a big deal. And I remember being down in the basement with that TV, and it was like, go, Speed Racer, go, Speed Racer, go, Speed Racer, go. If there's anybody out there that remembers Speed Racer, raise your hand. Let's hear Jesus' praise offering for those of you who remember Speed Racer. Yeah, I knew it. Oh, boy. Talk about showing your age. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, uh, wow. So we do have a lot of information to get out. Um, Sister Elena will be joining us around 830 because of the sheer volume of information. I will be playing a couple of um, uh, Matt Getz, uh, Gates. I, I always thought it was Getz, but I guess it's Gates. Um, clips. Let me see if I'm going to play more than one. Nah, I'll probably just go ahead and stick to the one and just tell you about the other one. But uh, he's been getting around, 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 get around, I get around, you know what I'm saying. But anyway, um, uh, you know, folks, we, we have every reason to be excited. I'm just going to tell you that, as if you didn't already know. Okay, and for anybody, if, if there's anybody out there that's feeling down and out, depressed, bummed out, tired, worn out, can't take it anymore, look around you, you're like, oh, no, not another. Okay, I'm your best friend, <laughs> Okay. So maybe what I'll do is take a snapshot of next week's work calendar, (laughs) 
Okay. And I'll have to like, you know, redact a couple of, uh, you know, sensitive information. I'll just show you my work calendar. And you know what'll happen? You'll be like, hey, my life is actually pretty darn good because no human being could possibly do the things that are on his calendar. <laughs> At least that's the way I feel right now. That's why I have a little sticker on my um, laptop. It says, it all seems impossible until it is done, which is true. All right. Praise God. Anyway, I don't even want to think about it, but I'm just going to, you know, hey, it is what it is. Got to, you know, praise God all the way. And uh, just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. I'm not gonna. I, I'm. I'm in. I have very good, solid, you know, uh, anointed, blessed relationships with the people all over the world. Um, and some of them, you know, I talk to every day, and that's good. You know, I get a sampling of what's going on over in Belgium and Spain and France and this place and that place in Canada and Australia and, you know, in different parts of the world. Sometimes people reach out to me from the southern half of Africa. I don't know why I never hear from the northern half, maybe because it's like, you know, mostly Sudan and Egypt and all that kind of stuff, you know. I don't think people over there want to really listen to tribulation now. But the southern half of Africa, I do get communications with them now and then, praise God. Um, uh, and, of course, South Africa. There's an awful lot of people over there. But anyway, um, so um, there there is an awful lot to get out tonight, folks. So I'm just going to go ahead and dig right in. Now, if I happen to get, you know, all this out before 8.30, before um, – because I tried to shuffle, um, you know, just to be kind, I tried to, you know, shuffle Elena out a little bit, um, you know, just instead of having her call in it right at 8 o'clock or 8.15 or whatever, I just had this spidey sense or whatever telling me that, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to get the information out that we have tonight, which is fine. Um, I do want to set a premise, though. Uh, some will remember, some will not remember, and that's fine. That That's just normal human stuff. Um, I don't expect that people listen to this show, um, you know, like Ralphie on A Christmas Story, uh, listening to, um, you know, uh, the adventures of, what, Little Orphan Annie and the Dakota Ring and stuff, you know, staring at the 19, what is it, 1950s uh, uh, wooden... Um, what probably a zenith <laughs> i don't know a lot of those were uh tube type radio you know before they had tvs back then you know and and it's true you know that's how it was back then and i i wasn't alive then but i'm very familiar with it because i do have members of my family that were or at least on the edge of it praise god so anyway um so the things that are going on right now i think are things that we ought to be excited about um what i don't like is when things are sitting still uh, or they appear to be moving like I don't know, a La Brea tar pit, uh, you know, like quicksand. Uh, and, you know, I just, ugh, I can't, that, that, that really troubles me greatly when things seem to slow down because, and, you know, especially if they slow down for like, you know, more than a show's distance away. Like I don't mind three days going by and then doing a show and having things be, you know, seemingly going in slow motion for a handful of days. But if I get to, if I can get, if I, and it never happens, thank you, Jesus. But if I ever do two shows back to back where things are going or seemingly going slow, that really drives me crazy. I thrive off of chaos. And I, and the reason why, which, of course, many Christians would not understand, and that's okay. The, the people that listen to this program are a special group. 
We're special. Um, uh, you know, we're from the island of Misfit Toys. Um, King Moon Racer kicked us off, and uh, nobody came looking for us. Okay, uh, you know, Yukon Cornelius is busy dealing with the Bumbles. Bumbles bounced. And haven't you ever heard about Bumbles? You know, um, you know, and we're floating around on a little chunk of ice in the middle of the Berean Sea. Um, you know, with uh, you know Russian nuclear submarines underneath us. You know, waiting for whatever. Um, and that's just how it has been for years. But it's gotten worse. You know, I mean, uh, when I say worse, what I mean is um, the um, the aloneness associated with the because we have so much more information now than we did. You know, eight, nine, ten years ago, we had a ton of information. Eight, eight, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever, we had a ton of information back then. But when you compare it to the body of knowledge that we have now, there's no comparison, really. There really isn't. Um, you know, I don't have an analogy coming to mind right now to share the delta, but it's very significant. As a matter of fact. From a knowledge increasing standpoint, I would say it's pure. If it was charted out, it would be it would be it wouldn't be linear. It'd be logarithmic. And I don't know if you know. You can type this into if you don't understand what log what a logarithmic chart looks like. Uh, you can just type it into Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever, and just, just click on um, you know like images or whatever, and you'll see a logarithmic chart. It's where it's traveling along, kind of easy going, kind of you know, not no no big deltas, no big changes. It's getting a little bit higher and higher and higher, and all of a sudden it just curves and goes straight up. And that's essentially where we are right now, compared to where we were back in 2016, 2017, etc. You know, we spent years really um, joking around a little bit, trying to add levity to the show as much as possible. We want to do that because if you're not laughing during these times, what are you doing? Well, you're not happy, you know, and um, and, you know, we really need that happiness. We really need to be able to look at the things that we're going through and do it with, you know, recognizing and truly living. This is hard. This is hard. I'm not pretending like I got it nailed down, please. That's not what I'm saying. It's very hard. But. You know, like I know what my schedule looks like next week. I know that there, you know, I'm 61 years old. I know that I need bio breaks a lot more nowadays, but they've got me scheduled back to back for multiple hours back to back with, a, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar company and these are people that will rat me out. They will complain to VPs and they'll, they want my job. I mean, they don't like to have their days messed up. They, they're busy. They got deadlines. And if anything goes wrong and I'm late for a meeting or anything like that, phone calls are going to be made. So it's going to be challenging. And that's okay. I believe the Lord's going to bring me through. And um, I'm just going to keep on believing it. And if, and if the Lord doesn't, then it's just to me, it's a sign. And it, boy, let, let me tell you something, folks. This is really taking me a long time. And I'm not wanting this to happen. But I do believe with from the very bottom of my heart, that if anything bad does happen, which it never has thus far, but if it does, it's a sign for me to move on. It has to be. Now, what does that mean in this kind of an economy? What does that mean? I don't know. I really don't know. But I have to trust God. We all do. Where I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and itemize the private lives of the people that God has blessed me with having, you know, global friendships with, and you know, and stuff. I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you. 
Let me tell you, if I, if I, well, let's put it this way. If I itemized the things, if I took a sampling of about six people and I itemized the things that they're going through, uh, yeah, Misery Loves Company, the box would be checked for sure. We have a lot of fellow brothers and sisters out there that are going through some exceedingly difficult times. And, um, and I, and I, you know, hey, I'm not living out of my car. Um, you know, yes, I am a backup plan sort of a guy. I always like to believe, you know, I'm a backup plan. I always want a plan B. I know, you know, the old saying where it says, you know, men plans, God laughs. I get it. Um, but I can't help it. You know, that's just how I am. It's baked into my DNA. God made me that way. Uh, it's, and I'm not going to get into the testimonial part of it, but it's been going on for over 25 years or, well, uh, let's be more accurate there. Let's say about 23 years for sure. Well, 24, yeah, probably 24. And, um, and that's okay. I, that's how I know it's like baked into my DNA. It's like when I wasn't even thinking about it, I still went after having a plan B, plan C, you know, get, got certifications in it and everything. And uh, not that it's really paying me much, doing me much good right now where I'm working, but that's okay. I don't mind that. Um, all I want to do, I work, to me, work is a ways to a means. And I hope that it's the same for you as well. Um, you know, I don't, Anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. That's how it was for the early church. That's how it was for, you know, when, when you see Paul going to the church of Corinth, to the church of Thessalonica, to the church of, you know, uh, uh, Philippi and all this kind of stuff. Those folks, you know, they, you know, even in Acts, it, it says, you know, every, you know, people chipped in and, you know, gave their money so that it could be divvied out to people, to, to everyone who has a need, you know, in accordance with their need communes. I mean, really, when you think about it, the early, early Christian church were communes. That's what they were. And they gathered together, and they worked, and they brought their money together into a kitty, and then the leaders of their group, you know, would divvy it out to help people, very much like the Amish do. The Amish don't worry about, you know, if little Johnny gets sick with something, because they'll just go from door to door. Uh, to Brother Jacob and, you know, whoever else that is, you know, and and, by, and they'll come back. Um, I've done a lot of studying on them, and I think they're absolutely fascinating. Praise God, because they're about as close as we have on the earth today uh, to the original uh, Christians of the first century or second century um, that it's as close as you can get. And um, I, I've studied documentaries about them, and they don't have problems. You know, when, when somebody gets sick or somebody needs an operation or whatever the case is, they pay cash. And the, and the doctors in the local communities where they live, they're used to that. They come in the door and, oh, uh, little Johnny needs a $15,000 operation. No problem. They pull out a roll. They hand $15,000 over to the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, I'll do it. They're used to it. You know, now down here in Tampa, if you tried to pull that, you know, tried to do that, I didn't mean pull that, that implies something negative, and I didn't mean that. But anyway, the point is, if you tried to do that in Tampa, Florida, it wouldn't work. They would look at you as you, like you lost your mind. But in communities where there are thousands of, tens of thousands of Amish, um, the doctors and the and all of them are um uh I just got an alert from Walgreens. Hurry in and get your shot so you can walk around like chunk in that movie uh uh what's the name of that movie? Um oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Chunk in the movie um oh man, I'm gonna put I'm gonna have to look this up. Okay. Uh, uh, do you ever have a, a word chunk? 
movie Goonies, the Goonies. Okay, Chunk in the movie The Goonies. Okay, The Goonies. That's a, that is a classic. If you have not seen the movie called The Goonies, you have got to watch it because Chunk, Chunk's the man. But anyway, um, I, as a matter of fact, I got a coconut head from one. <laughs> I got drugged to the Bahamas once on a cruise, which was fine. I had a good, I had a pretty good time, all things considered. I had a million things that I could have been unhappy about, but I chose not to be. Uh, but when, when we were walking around in the little shops, I don't remember where it was, uh, but there were these little, you know, old-fashioned kind of almost like you know tiki hut sort of shops and things. It was very rainy, very rainy, and um, I found this coconut head there, and I. Bought bought it and I decided to name him Chunk. He looks surprisingly like Chunk, the character in the t- in the movie Goonies. But anyway, so um I don't even know why I told you that. But anyway, praise Jesus, um you know, the times that we live in right now, we should I you know, I'm I'm pleased. Now you might say, "Man, you have really lost it. You need a you, you need to see, seek help there, Johnny. You are a guest star on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest if there ever was one." And you know what? You wouldn't be too far from the truth. I, I realize that. And that's okay. Um, because here's the thing. There are very, very few Christians in this world, very few, that can take – and again, I'm going to use this analogy because I think it's a really great analogy, even if I do say so myself um, – that can take the 1,000-milligram red pill – be aware of all the things that are closing in, all the dark, black, evil walls of the global Santana crime syndicate that are getting ready to run over us like, uh, you know, Polly Purebred and, you know, the Simon Legree uh, movies, if you remember those. And um, we know it. We see it heading our way. We see it closing in. We see it in the headlines. We see it in the reports. We, we, we get constant input giving us updates on a regular basis, we can't avoid it. Um, And in a way, I believe that that's a really good thing, but you have to be uh, in the 1,000-milligram red pill club. And what I mean by that is you need to be a believer who doesn't want to be part of churchianity, who doesn't want to be locked into you know, stick, you know stuffing uh, 40 bucks every couple of weeks or whatever into a collection plate, who doesn't want to be trapped into the clutches of somebody who's jumping around on the stage telling you all the good stuff but none of the bad stuff. We don't want to be there. We've outgrown it. Thank you, Jesus. And, um, and that's where I think the majority of us, uh, and I do believe that all – People who are truly from the bottom of their heart want to be intimate with the Lord Jesus. That's where we are. We want to be there. We're there by choice. Now, it is not fun. It is exceedingly lonely. We are the probably the only ones in the Christian community on a global level that can we can't relate to our families. We cannot share information with our families. We can maybe let a tiny little peep of a hint out once in a while, but we got to be real careful, real careful, because we are the utterance of a half a sentence away from ostra, ostra, what's the word, being ostracized. How about that? So we have to really, really watch our P's and Q's. It's very, very hard. It's an exceedingly hard life. If we do... We'll say gather together with an ecclesia, 
which today would be referred to as a churchianity church here in the United States of Babylon the Great. And I feel sad for the people over in Europe because if they do know enough to search for an Assembly of God or a Pentecostal church in their area, some places in Europe, you're not going to find it. It just doesn't exist because the vast majority of the church buildings over there are offshoots of the Church of England, which is an offshoot of the Roman Catholic Church. Some people would argue with me about that, but it's a fact. Um, and that's OK. I don't care. But, you know, there's no point in arguing. Um, it, what's the point? What, 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 you know, why would we divide over our opinions regarding the historical progression of churchianity. Um, but over there in Europe, they're surrounded. I mean, they're um, offshoots of the Roman Catholic. And when I say offshoots, there's 33,000 different denominations in the world. A lot of people don't know that. And those offshoots, those various denominations, you got the, you know, the uh, very many, I mean, thousands, I guess, uh, of orthodoxy, Ethiopian or Ethiopian. Yeah, hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta let let some of the uh, steam out a little bit here. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. oh there we go. Oh, feeling better already. There we go. Whew. Okay. So you got very, you got an innumerable uh, groups of Orthodox churches all over the place. You've got, I mean, you really just can't touch upon all the different permutations. There's way too many. Um, we have, you know, in the United States of Babylon the Great, a whole lot as well. I'm not going to get into, like I could type in Google or I could type in DuckDuckGo. I could, you know, how many denominations are, in, you know, church denominations are in the United States. I could type that in there. I can tell you it'll probably say tens of thousands of different ones. And then you've got the divisions amongst, like, for example, you, you don't have just one Methodist church. You've got several different permutations of Methodist churches. You've got several different permutations of Lutheran churches. You've got several different permutations of Catholic churches. They are not all the same. They're not. And so when you're talking about, you know, or when you're trying to communicate, it's exceedingly difficult. So anyway, because you don't know, they're not all, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. Well, guess what? Churches are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's truth. So anyway, um, and you know what? Do you find solace there? Is it okay with you to go hang out and listen to preaching that you know is inaccurate or is incomplete, that is leading the sheep that you are sitting beside to the danger of the edge of hell and be all right with it? Okay, could you walk out with a clear conscience when they haven't been warned about the things that are coming and the things that are going to happen to them if they don't straighten stuff out? You know, you don't, you just don't see that in churchianity. You don't see it. And so we, so by that alone, we are blessed, abundantly blessed, because I could sit here and I could rattle off all sorts of ministries all sorts of ministries that are out there on the Internet or sphere. Many of them are very progressive. Many of them are very awake and aware of the things that are happening around the world, but very few of them preach holiness and righteousness. Very few of them warn their listeners that if you have unforgiveness on your heart, you're going straight to hell. 
I don't care if you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you sing songs to him every single day. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, that it, it says in Scripture very clearly that the Father will not forgive you. And if the Father doesn't forgive you, that's bad. And I'll take my beatings, but I am not going to allow one listener of this program to go to the pit because I was derelict of duty. Okay? I can't I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine doing that. And uh, so I will forever encourage you. I will forever ex- you know help you to understand how blessed we are to still be here, to be able to work out, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God. Thank you Jesus. You know, now knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness how? In the fear of God. Why do we fear God? Not because we're awed by him. Jesus told us why. He said, "Fear him. Fear him who has the ability to cast soul and body into hell." He's talking about his father. Now then, now that we got that aside, I connected up the the black terminal of the battery. The power of the Holy Spirit is now flowing through each of us because without the black terminal of the battery, without that, you do not have the power. You do not have the current. It is not flowing, and you are not elucidated in in, in the understanding of the truth of the Lord Jesus and the kingdom of God. You don't know who you are, and you don't know what the repercussions are of your behavior. When you understand those things, it's highly motivational. If you're working in, in in your job, okay, and, you know, your boss says, hey, you know, it's your, it's your you know, uh, annual review, and you do this really great, and you do that really great, and you do this really great. If it's a good boss, they're going to tell you, like, ten things that you do fabulously. Oh, man, you, you just – you are great at this. You are great at that. Boy, I just wanted to commend you. I wanted to thank you especially because you did this and that and this and that, and they're going to get you all smiley and happy. And then they're going to say at the very end they're going to go – Kind of like Jesus did in the report cards of the seven churches in uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3. He goes, nevertheless, I have this against you. Watch out for that. And that's what a good boss will do. He'll pump you up on all the good things, and then he'll say, but there is kind of a little area here that you could work on a little bit. And, you know, they kind of toss it in at the end. But, you know, if you don't have – see – Nothing works better than positive and negative reinforcement combined into one. Nothing works better than that. And we're blessed by that because churchianity in the United States of Babylon the Great, they, they don't, as a general rule, you don't get that at all. You don't. And here we do have that. Here I – to me, I, I'm not building I, – I don't have to expand the parking lot. I don't need to put a roof on the house. I don't even take donations. I don't have a PayPal button. The PayPal button on tribulation-now.org, tribulationnow.com, it it goes to Sammy Mwangi. I don't even know if it still works. Pipes International. Praise God. Um, And that's the way it ought to be. I don't want your money. I wouldn't even think of it. Okay, that's not it. We're all in this together. It diminishes my credibility. It does. And it also subjects me to the judgments associated with Ezekiel 34. I don't want to be a subject to those. So anyway, um, all that being said, we are all in this together. And I don't want not anybody to have it. I want all of us, please, in the name of Jesus, to recognize the grace that we have been given, even in these incredibly dark and difficult to navigate, very difficult to wake up. I mean, it's rough. It is rough. And I And folks, I go through... 
ugly. I go sometimes I go through bouts of depression, sometimes I go through bouts of feeling sorry for myself, but you know, we have to work it through. We do. And it's hard. It's real hard. And I empathize. I don't sympathize. I do not sympathize. I empathize. And look it up if you need to. Empathy is when you feel another person's pain. Okay. Now, your ability to empathize with a fellow believer is amplified to an order of magnitude greater when you have gone through what they're going through, which is what made, you know, a teen challenge with David Wilkerson very successful because he would bring in counselors that were ex-drug addicts. And who better? Who better than a recovering, uh, you know, heroin addict to be talking to other heroin addicts and saying, with Jesus, you can overcome this. Well, with Jesus, you can, you can do this, you can do that. And that's, that's the key. When you can really empathize and say, you know what, I used, I've been there, done that. I've been there, done that. I know exactly how you feel. And that's what where empathy springs forth from, and it becomes one of the greatest tools against the devil that the kingdom of Jesus Christ on this earth has. Hallelujah. Now, I empathize very much. Now, I can't say I empathize with everybody. In some cases, they may be going through things. See, one of my things, one of my challenges is that I'm watching people go through things that I went through 25 years ago, that I went through. 37 years ago. So I can empathize with them, but my life dynamics are very much different than their life dynamics. So I, but I can still empathize. And so that of course brings me to a place where I'm able to coach them, say, man, I know exactly what you're going through. I feel your problems. I empathize with what you're, you know, now some of the things they're going through, no, you know, then it's, then my, then my, I don't know how you would advise it, but I empathize with the the root cause of their problem, but I sympathize with the residual struggles, all the extra stuff that they have to go through is, uh, you know, that's part of that particular fiery fire that is, you know, fiery trials that are to try us, which we all should be grateful for because those fiery trials are making us like gold. We need to be like gold. Because Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish, Ephesians 5.27. The whole purpose of Ephesians chapter 5 is to use the marriage of a husband and wife. Now, I'm not talking about today's marriage. If you have a good marriage, God has blessed you. And I praise God that you have that good marriage. I really, really do. Um, in a holy sort of way, I, you know, I, actually I've progressed. I don't want to say I've progressed past marriage. But the Lord had to bring me to a place where I no longer wanted to be in that place. And he has, which is a good place for me because the Lord made it very clear <laughs> that I'm supposed to be by myself. Now, all that being said, you know, it, it was a big, long, drawn-out, fiery trial adjustment on my behalf. But that's okay. It brought me to where I needed to be. That's okay. But if you're in a good marriage, you are very, very blessed. Because as a general rule, in 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 2023, there aren't good marriages. Not really. Most people are unequally yoked. Very few Christians went, sought God on their knees and asked our Heavenly Father to place them with their spouse and then tested it and got confirmations. All right? Very, 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 very few. There's a few, maybe. 
Um, I don't know. I don't have the ability to see everything, of course, naturally. But um, but back in the early church days, okay, you know, and I'm talking about second century, you know, um, you know, like the the year 56 BC. I'm sorry, AD. Okay, um, you know, things were very different back then. People didn't do the things they do today. They didn't think the things they do today. The entire institution of marriage has been utterly obliterated by the devil. And it didn't just happen recently. It happened, you know, 70, 80, 90 years ago. And um, oh, anyway, and it doesn't mean that there aren't holy and righteous marriages out there. But the whole purpose of Ephesians 5, you have to understand that when you're seeing, when you're reading Ephesians 5 and Jesus or the Holy Spirit through, um, you know, the Apostle Paul and whatnot, um, is using marriage as an analogy to help us to understand the intimacy associated with the relationship that we're supposed to have with Jesus. Because the whole time it's talking, even it even says in like the first part of Ephesians 5, it says that husbands and wives need to get along together because if they're not, if they're growly, rally and, you know, not getting along, your prayers will be hindered. Your prayers will be hindered. If you are married to somebody and it's a growly, grouchy, back and forth kind of a thing, according to the scripture, your prayers will be hindered. Sorry, you're going to have to go to 1 Peter 3, 7. I apologize. That's not in Ephesians 5. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 7, your prayers will be hindered. So read, you know, that chapter 3 down to chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Read that. All right, praise God. All right, so anyway, I want to go into the news. I want to get this all out. We got about 45 minutes before we bring on Sister Elena. I think that's just about right about the, enough time, but I think we all should be excited. We should all be praising God uh, for all of our fiery trials. We need to take the advantage of this time to really seek Him and to cry out to Him. And I do mean lean into your prayers, lift up the problems that you have, the challenges that you have. If He can deliver me of some of the things that the, our Heavenly Father has delivered me of, okay, let me tell you something. He'll do it for you, too. And I'm living testimony. Okay? I am your fellow heroin addict. <laughs> well, you know, I'm using that as an analogy. I never touch this stuff, but I'm just saying. Probably every other drug in the world but heroin. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, folks, been there, done that, empathize with all of your problems, and lift it up for the Lord Believe with all of your heart that he will help you. Praise him every single day and thank him for helping you. And be like the persistent widow in Luke 18 and don't keep on bugging him. Bug him, 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 bug him. I like to, like I said, I like, I love to print out scripture cards. And I'm not bashful. I have no problem being on my knees with tears in my eyes, anointed with oil, and pulling one of these scripture cards out and holding it up to the Lord and saying, Father, Father, right here, says right here, Matthew 18, 19, Jesus, Jesus, it's right here. Here it says, it says right here. It says right here, Lord, looky, looky here. I learned that from Curry Blake. <laughs> Whenever he, uh, Curry Blake in John G. Lake's ministries, I studied under him like, DVDs, a SWAT, you know, it's a, a spirit, a, a apostolic spiritual warfare. I don't know. Spiritual warfare, apostolic 
whatever teaching or whatever. Uh, but anyway, he all, he has these little acronyms that he likes to use. But uh, yeah, whenever he would go like travel over to India or something, and the Lord would bring him into the into a hospital room with somebody who was dying, he, you know, he would feel the calling and he would you know do like David Hogan and bring the person back. Polite. The person was dead, or essentially almost dead, okay, and was going to die. And Curry Blake would, you know, he was very encouraged. As a matter of fact, it was David Hogan, Faith to Heal the Sick. I'm sorry, Faith to Raise the Dead. It was that DVD set that encouraged Curry Blake to do what David Hogan said to do, you know, and so he, that's what led him into the ministry work. And, um, and he, he, testifies in one of his testimonies that he was at a particular location in the world and in a, you know, hospital room, person's dying uh, or died. Um, And I think he did die, as I recall, because I recall one of the locals had come out and grabbed, you know, Pastor Blake, Pastor Blake, he has passed away. He is not living. And, and, and Curry went in there and he's like, you know, laying hands on him. I command you to raise up and be healed. I command you to be that life back into your body in the name of Jesus. And the man would not raise from the dead. So Curry got upset, and he walked out of the room. He went all the way outside of the hospital, walked around the block with, I guess, I I don't know if I'm remembering this 100% accurately, but he had the Bible in his hand, and he held it up into the sky, and he said, Father, this is what your word says. Now I'm going to walk back into that hospital room, and and by golly, you know that man is going to be raised from the dead, or I'm I'm retiring from the ministry. And he meant it. And he went back up there, and by golly, in the name of Jesus, that person was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. So anyway, those are the kinds of testimonies I love because they're very encouraging. I think they encourage all of us. We are in those days right now. It is exceedingly exciting. Uh, we should be excited about all the things that are happening around us. And on that note, we are going to go in to the news right after we tell the kids a couple of jokes. Kids, are you ready? Oh, wow. Well, you guys are cheering so loud, I'm going to have to take the headphones off again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, kids, what do you call a cow that cannot produce milk? What do you call a cow that cannot produce milk? A milk dud. Ah, uh, that would be the kind of cow that the uh, well, the Amish would. But kid, I, I mean, you know, come on, kids. A milk dud is that funny or what? Ah, you guys are loud tonight. You guys are loud tonight. I like it. Praise Jesus. And a special shout out to West Coast Walder for these tonight. Thank you for these. These are good. And thank you, Mary Lee, for your your unshakable, unstoppable, unbelievable. You're like a machine, Mary Lee. I don't know how you do it. Thank you, Jesus. Um, she She's a major, major contributor, and I, I honestly don't think I could do this, the program without the help of the people that help because I how would I do it? Just ask for a snapshot of my schedule next week, and you'll be like, how does he do it? Wednesday is dangerous. I'm, more, I'm giving a heads up that Wednesday the 11th, I have three – two-hour sessions back-to-back all throughout the day, and I don't know how I'm going to survive it, except that Jesus will bring me through it. Now, what is that going to do to the radio show that night? I may not be able to do news that night. I don't know, but I suspect I will be debilitated. All right, on that note, praise God. Maybe not, though. You never know. Uh, it's up to the Father. It's up to our Father, you know, and, and also to my own weaknesses. I mean, I, you know, we all get older. 
It's just part of life. I was uh, reading a little mini pamphlet book on something that I wanted to you know, heal in my body, and it was interesting because the author of the book was like, after we pass the age of 60, our bodies start to fall apart. And I was like going, oh, thanks a lot, pal, for mentioning 60. All right, so anyway. Okay, kids, what do you call a reluctant potato? What do you call a reluctant potato? A hesitator. A hesitator. <laughs> a hesitator. What do you think, kids? Ow. Oh. Praise God. Mm. Boy, I'll tell you what. Makes you hungry, doesn't it, kids? Huh? You hungry? What? All right, kids. Where do bad rainbows go? Where do bad rainbows go? All right. Let's see here, kids. I see any takers. No, I don't. Kids, bad rainbows go to prism. It gives time for them to reflect. Prism. <laughs> right, kids? Rainbows, prism, are you with me here? Hey. So you weren't sleeping on that day in science class. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, on that note, let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Okay, you got me. Crows, come here. I got my knife and fork out, and I'm ready for a chow. That's right. I'm having, I am having, you're dagnabbit right. I'm having a crow Thanksgiving here. Uh, you come here. Hey, 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 come here. Come on now. Don't even, come here. Hey, you chubby, come all over here. Though. I got a, I got, oh. Oh, those things are delicious. Yeah. Going to do a little Ozzy Osbourne thing with the crows. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So why did I have to eat so many crows? Because I said on the last show that I believed that there was no possible way <laughs> that Kevin McCarthy would get ousted as the House Speaker. I was like, you mark my words, you watch. I don't know exactly how I said it, but I was like, you mark my words, you're going to see, you're going to see, they're not going to ask him, you're going to get an idea of just how bad things are. And anyway, come here, you crows, you. <laughs> Serious? No kidding. Are you serious? Well, Are you serious? Yes, we're serious. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so, um, the United States House of Representatives actually did oust Kevin McCarthy as the leader in a historic vote. So, for the first time, for you, for those of you, God bless you all, and I do mean that from the very bottom of my heart, because the bride of the Lord Jesus is worldwide. And there's 195 countries, 243 if you count the island nations. And you know what? We're all in this together. If you're listening from Namibia, God bless you. If you're listening from the Philippines, God bless you. 
If you're listening from Taiwan, God bless you, and God bless you for knowing English. <laughs> if you're listening from South Korea, God bless you. If you're listening from North Korea, God super duper bless you. <laughs> Okay, or New Zealand or wherever. Praise Jesus. Um, you know, France, Belgium, wherever. God bless you. I mean, how many countries are in Europe? I mean, it's like so many. Luxembourg, Andorra. You know, there's a little country called Andorra. You actually have to zoom in on the border of Spain and France. And I mean, zoom, zoom, zoom. Really close. And you'll see this tiny little bubble right on the border between France and Spain. It's a little tiny bubble, a little burp. And if you zoom in far enough, you'll notice there's a country there called Andorra. Yeah. It's, you think, you know, they refer to little tiny towns in the United States of Babylon the Great as being like, uh, you know, one red light towns. <laughs> this is like a one red light country. It's amazing. Praise God. But anyway, yep. So McCarthy gets ousted. Um, and here's the actual event of the final word coming from the takers of the vote on the floor at the very moment in time that history was set. Now, for those of you in other countries, I know that this is probably a little bit annoying or, you know, because you don't understand and nor should you understand the governmental system here in the United States of Babylon the Great. Every, every one of the states is its own individual country. This is just the easiest way to look at it. So you got to look at it like the European Union. Every country is its own country. Every country has its own parliament. Every country does its own voting, but they have over them the umbrella of the European Union. That is exactly how the United States works. All 50 states are their own individual countries. They almost, almost all, but not 100% of the 50 states, have have um, an executive branch and a legislative branch and a, um, uh, a judicial branch, okay? And and that's just how it is. They have their own state constitutions. And then the umbrella that goes over the top of it, which is the equivalent of the European Union, is what's known as Washington, D.C. Okay. This is them in Washington, D.C. Um, at the moment of the countdown of getting rid of McCarthy. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to this. Praise God. This vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. Wow. This vote. All right. Now, again, for those of you in other countries, this is a world record, okay? Since, nine, uh, t since 1776, when this country was essentially, they, they call that the founding date of the country. And really, historically what it was, was that it was the point in time where the country of France, which was a major superpower back then, recognized the United States as a country, okay? And um, and at that moment that they that France, the King of France or whatever, recognized that was it. They they so they officially said, okay, we're now oh, you know we're a country. So they you know so anyway they, they, they so the founding fathers, which of course were a bunch of masons and it's a, you know a lot of evilness associated with all of it. I'm not going to get into all that. But anyway, um, the when they created the Declaration of Independence and all that kind of stuff, nobody recognized it. You know what I mean? Nobody cared. 
you know, the British that were, were that were occupying the country at the time were like big deal. So it was again, it wasn't until France and the King France said, you know what? You know, we recognize it. We're going to recognize your Declaration of Independence. We don't like the British. We think they're whatever. And that's how it all started. So since 1776, never in the history of this country has there ever been a Speaker of the House ousted, gotten rid of. Now, the next one up here, um, wow, and uh, I must say that my soundboard just died and I had to bring it back up again, which is fine. But I wanted to go ahead and mention what Dan Bogino said about all this, because it's very, there's some, let's just put it this way. The things that are happening right now, they smell funny. Okay. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of a kind of a funny joke. Kids, are you ready for another funny joke? Okay. Kids, what did one nostril say to the other nostril? There's something between us that smells. Kids. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. All right. So Dan Bugino says, why are all the Democrat votes? Hmm. He says, McCarthy sucked. Those are his exact words. And he says, big time, period. But if today was such a wonderful day for conservatives, then why did the Democrats vote overwhelmingly to oust McCarthy? Because they only had a small number of Republicans voting to oust McCarthy. The reason they got the numbers that they did was because the Democrats joined them. Now, if that don't smell like a rotten fish on a pier in Thailand, nothing does. Bogino nailed it. Something funky's going on here. Hey, it makes me think of the the. Remember this back in the seventies? I'm going to show my show my age again. Remember uh, the the band called Parliament, Flashlight, Neon Light. Okay, never mind. Okay, I'm just in a good mood because all this creepy, weird end of the world stuff is happening, and it means we're leaving soon. Okay, praise God. So another uh, headline is along this line of. Representative Troy Nels, okay, nominates Trump um, as the the speaker. He actually put together the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. He did it for real, and uh, it's officially on paper. There is no rule, just so you know, there's no rule that stops. Like, say, for example, Donald Trump actually takes the speaker position. There is no rule that requires the person to be a member of Congress. There is no rule that requires the person to be anything. You could, if they wanted to, they could elect the local, uh, you know, homeless person, the local hobo, uh, and say, you know, and we all agree and vote you in as the Speaker of the House. There's no prior affiliation or degrees or anything required. No prerequisites. So that allows them to nominate Trump. Okay, and a lot of them, boy, uh, I've been monitoring this, we'll just say effervescently perhaps. I don't know if that's the right word or if that even fits. But I'm just saying with fervent, I've been fervently monitoring this. And it's amazing how many, oh my gosh, I would say probably two out of ten posts on Twitter for the last 24 hours have been people in 
authoritative positions coming forward and saying Trump needs to be the next Speaker of the House. I'm just going to leave it at that. Am I saying that's what's going to happen? No, I am not. I had enough crow for now. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. No, 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 no. Now, if you're asking me how I feel about it, I would like it to happen. Why? Well, because I believe it will accelerate the end times. I believe it will accelerate us leaving this alien demon infested rock. I believe we will be at the wedding supper all the sooner. And the whole reason, none of us should be caring about anything on this world. I mean, yeah, yeah, we got to feed ourselves. But our, our Heavenly Father is going to feed us. If I get fired because I can't keep do whatever it is I got to do, I know that our Heavenly Father is going to give me another job. I know he will. He always has. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have to go through, through some real super-duper ugly stuff. I don't want to. I've been through it before. It's horrible. And I'm praying that it doesn't happen, and I'm believing that it's not going to. But we all got to be in that same boat. But anyway, I just wanted to share this with you because it's overwhelming right now. The amount of highly influential lawmakers that are pushing exceedingly hard for Donald Trump to accept the Speaker of the House position. All right, next one up for uh, in this line of um, uh, topic matter. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Acting Speaker Patrick McHenry um, ejects Nancy Pelosi from the Capitol office. And evidently she is really throwing a fit and extremely angry. And I don't know, I can't imagine any self-respecting, I don't know, what would you say, Republican or American that wouldn't be thrilled to see such a filthy, demonic liar, uh, shape-shifting entity from the bowels of Sheol, a terror extraordinaire, uh, you know, be angry. But anyway, that's, you know, it's God's business. Vengeance is yours, saith the Lord, Father, give us peace. We ask us to have peace in our hearts and to recognize the most important thing, and that is we are not from here and we are not staying here. We are not We do not care about the things of the earth, for if we did, we would be at enmity with you, Father, and we don't want anything to do with it. However, we are watching, and we are excited about the things that are happening, but vengeance is yours, and we praise your holy name. For at midnight we shall rise to give thanks to you, Father, because of your righteous judgments. Praise God. All right, now this particular headline, I am not going to play the audio from it. This is Matt uh, Gates. He is on live with Laura Ingram, it appears, on Fox News, and he's explaining that it was because of McCarthy holding the border funding bill that that um, and he did it on purpose so that he was able to fund the Department of Justice witch hunt against Donald Trump. So according to Matt Gates, it was McCarthy that was going out of his way to make sure that uh, these entities, these filthy demonic creatures, um, Merrick Garland, I can name names until I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter. But the point is. Gates is blowing the whistle, and he doesn't care if anybody likes him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play this next little audio bite, which he states very loudly on C-SPAN at inside the chamber, the House chambers, about how he feels about what people are saying about him, because he doesn't care. And you know what? I, I, I wish everybody, you know, anyway, so let's go ahead and listen to this. Praise God. It sets the premise for what we're, what we're going through right now. My colleague says we passed the strongest border 
bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster, really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on that you fix the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waivable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you've got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff, they're actually going to grow. Because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid. It probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have... Oh, Listen, people booing want, him. Who have borrowed <laughs> out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time. And you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. I love that guy. Praise God. So um, and he may be one of the biggest Trump fans in the entire world. Um, and, and, you know, so we'll see what happens. Again, I'm looking at all of this almost like a movie that's kind of like unfolding for me, and uh, and I'm simply relaying you the information. Okay, now I do appreciate somebody like Matt Gates, who has the chutzpah to tell it like it is. And when they started booing, that that it speaks immense volume. Okay. In other words, he accused them to their face and that's why they booed. All right. Another, um, uh, I'm going to scroll in a little bit because some of these uh, reports are getting, okay, here we go. Praise God. Next one up. Unexpected crisis out of nowhere. So according to the author of this particular um, article on uh, Zero Hedge, it says, quote, everyone knows what happens next, colon. And, quote, unexpected crisis bigger than COVID will hit us from out of nowhere. And the Fed monetizes the blank out of the United States debt deficit, period, the end. But, but inflation, question mark, guess what? When the alternative is collapse of the bond market in the United States, we get QEYCC. Now, right there, I cannot, I do not know that fell off my, I don't, it's not within the realm of my wheelhouse of understanding what that means. But what I can, but through interpolation, I can tell you that what they're talking about right now is that the impact event, whatever that unexpected crisis is, is going to greatly and very negatively affect the financial solvency of the stock market. Don't even get me going on the two quadrillion derivatives market behind the real estate industry. It is this country is game over. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I don't know. I don't even care. Right now, we just need to be thrilled, happy, and seeking Jesus with all of our heart. Spending time, taking communion in the morning, getting up a little bit earlier. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Just keep on remembering. I'm 61 years old. I just went through the knee surgery. All the stuff that I'm going through, I'm still showing up for work on these radio shows. 
If I can get up an extra half an hour early, so can you. So can you. All right, praise God. Now, if you have a wife that's going to beat you half to death with a frying pan, you might have to rethink things a little bit. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, only the only Speaker of the House that she will vote for is, yes, you guessed it, Donald Trump. So let's go ahead and listen to her uh, going off on this rant. All right, here we go. We only have one choice to save America, Alex, and it's President Trump. I've supported President Trump from the beginning, just like you have. President Trump has a four-year proven record. His policies were working. His policies were stopping the globalists. His policies were against the communists. Plus, they hate policies- him more than anybody. I mean, my God, they, they, they act like he's a high noon to a vampire. That's right. They do hate him more than anybody. And you know who hates them the most? Washington, D.C. So I'm going into this next speaker's race, and the only candidate I am supporting is Donald John Trump. Yeah. Because Washington, D.C. needs to be reminded. This town needs to wake up and accept the fact that Republican voters all over the country want him back in the White House. He's the only leader of the Republican Party, and he truly is the only person that we can trust to save America. And through that, Alex, that is saving the world. And there's many people all over the world hoping and praying that we put President Trump so back in the White House. We only have. All right. Praise God. I would say well said in this particular case. Now, um, I will say, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to ruin the eloquence and accuracy of what Green said in that dissertation or whatever you want to call it. But she voted for McCarthy because McCarthy promised her a seat on a committee. So a lot of these people are very two-faced. Lauren Boebert is coming out and speaking. She wanted to keep McCarthy in, even though she was voting strongly against him in the very beginning and side-by-side side with Matt Gates. So there's a lot of two-facedness out there. There are, you know, there, there, it's too creepy. Let, speaking of two-facedness, okay, and yes, I say two-facedness because I have every reason to believe it is two-facedness. First and foremost, just because somebody in the United States government uses the name of Jesus, that doesn't, that doesn't influence me at all. Not at all. Okay, so I used to think Jim Jordan was wonderful. But you know what? He voted to keep McCarthy in. And don't tell me that Jordan did not know that McCarthy was part of the Bohemian Club. Don't tell me that that man did not know that. Okay, I do not trust Jim Jordan further than I can throw him. He is on my dog log my personal dog log, okay, period. And now, all of a sudden, he didn't want it before, but now, all of a sudden, now he wants to be the speaker. And I'm like, no, you're not going to be. And you know what? I already know that that's, that, that is going to be the outcome. He will not make the speaker, and I don't trust him further than I can throw him. Don't tell me he didn't know. Don't be voting for, for McCarthy to stay in there after all the bad things that he did, okay, and then tell us that you know, you believe, you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Too many lying tares out there that are shape-shifting reptilians. I can, you know, one of them is Pence. We know about that. Don't even get me going on that. I, if I play you the audio clip that I have on Pence from somebody that was in one of the satanic ritual ceremonies, you probably will never forgive me because the things that you hear, you cannot unhear, and they are horrible, unspeakably, utterly horrible. Okay? 
these entities have no problem dropping the name of Jesus all over the place. I don't know anything. I don't care about Jim Jordan. I don't care about any of them. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is just a movie going by for me. And I'm just relaying the information. There's another person, uh, Steve Scalise, who has also thrown in his hat into the ring to be voted in or out as the Speaker of the House. This is Steve Bannon um, uh, of Breitbart News, and he makes a commentary regarding what he believes ought to be done. Let's go ahead and listen to this. I'm setting the pace because there's, there's an awful lot tonight. The solution. You want to compromise a coalition and to get the people paid and get on with the business and set up the committees? How about this? A hundred days to save America. And in that hundred days, Donald J. Trump will be voted tonight or tomorrow to be Speaker of the House. And the Republicans say we're going to do it for a hundred days. And in the hundred days, you get everything set up, all the investigations set up, and Trump begins the negotiations now. Not when they run out of money. They said, oh, the crisis is going to hit us in the summer or fall. Well, that's where they're out of cash, and they're going to put the gun to your head. We're out of cash. The full faith and credit got to do it. No, let's start it now. We know what this is about. You're not going to hide anymore, and you're not going to lie anymore, and you're not going to spin anymore. And if you want somebody in the room that understands how to do these types of negotiations, his entire professional career is doing that, is Donald J. Trump. 100 days. Let's get him in the room. And let's do the debt ceiling. Let's do all the apparel. Let's do the spending. Let's talk about the madness. And let's talk about the Federal Reserve. Who knows more about money or interest rates than Donald Trump? Right now, we're on the verge of spending a trillion dollars on interest a year. One trillion dollars a year, bigger than defense budget. You want to talk about a national security problem? You want to talk running around? We got national security. Got to get Kevin McCarthy right now because this is a national security problem. We got all those guys, the military veterans. I honor their service. Honor their service. The national security issue. National security. Here's the national security issue. You're spending a trillion dollars a year more than the defense budget, which is out of control, on interest. That's a national security problem. And I got a solution. And tell me anybody's got a better solution for right now, for this afternoon. Give it a hey, how about this? A hundred days of Donald Trump. Let's get him in the room. You don't think their heads will blow up? You don't think that uh, the Senate, oh, you can't do that. You got Trump? What are you talking about? You know, you want to put it in their ear? You want to get up in the grill? Give me Trump for a hundred days. You give me Trump for a hundred days and you'll start the process of sorting out this mess. And the fact that they hate it so much is the better reason we ought to do it. Gates. Trump. Wow. All right. So go Steve Bannon. Go Steve Bannon. Go. Speed Razor, you know. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Oh, well, guess what? Let's hear what Hannity. Now, I I don't like Hannity very much. I think he's a plant. I think he's a CIA, but I don't know. But one thing is for sure, he's... Not really very kosher. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, I've I've called him out several times. Things that he said, dead giveaways. But anyway, he, let's see what he has to say here. Hannity, Sean Hannity, of all people. Will not seek the speakership again. Now, sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. All right. So there you heard it. Now, please do take note that Sean Hannity said, now he didn't say the number, but he said that there were 
um, plural. There were multiple uh, lawmakers that were contacting Donald Trump personally on the phone and saying, you got to be the speaker, you got to be a 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 speaker. All right, you understand? We're not talking about one or two people. Okay, I hope you're grasping this. All right, praise God. And I I guarantee you <laughs> that Scalise and Jordan are not getting any kind of support like that at all. All right, so anyway, uh, the next – now, I want to refresh your memory about this, and I know we're coming up on Elena's time, and this is – I just I, – anyway, so let's keep on going. We're going to keep on trudging along. All right, as fast as we can. Okay, this is from – listen to this. Listen to what Trump says. The record twice. We're going to break it a third time. We're going to break our own record. So less than five months from now, we're going to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We're going to take back our country, and we're going to make America great again. Okay, that was at his Somerville uh, rally speech in Somerville, South Carolina. Why did he say that? In less than five months, we're going to take it all back. Well, that's around January. And he said less than, less than five months. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Huh? Nobody knew why. They knew that he said it not once, but twice. There was a, uh, another rally he did up in Iowa. He said the same thing. How does that work? Why did all those Democrats vote for him, McCarthy to be outed? What's going on here? All right. Now, this is a little bit hard to for you to be able to hear, but this is what Trump actually said publicly. But the audio is very, very, very low. So I'm going to try to crank it up so you can maybe hear a little bit. He he hems and haws. He does it on purpose because when he comes out and says something explicitly, he gets attacked. Next thing you know, he's going to be in another federal court with a gazillion indictments against him. So he tends to beat around the bush. But anyway, let's listen to what what his response was when he was confronted directly about taking the Speaker of the House position. So here we go. Let's double click on that. Bring it up. Come on. Here we go. Uh, Okay, it's too echoey, and I know you can't hear it. Basically, he said, all I can say is we'll do whatever is best for the country and for the Republican Party. Three guesses, right? And then he says, a lot of people have asked me about it, taking the speaker position. My focus is totally on the election. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. Well, be advised. You can be the Speaker of the House and run for the presidency. There is no conflict of interest. There is nothing that can stop you from doing it. it. So what did he just say in so many words? All right. Anyway, case closed, jury dismissed. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Glory to God. Donald Trump drops off the Forbes 400 list of the wealthiest people in the United States. Now, that when I look at it in the flesh, I feel bad for him. Because that means that he's being, you know, blood from a beak kind of thing. And that's 
that's sad. Makes me feel bad. I would feel bad. But anyway, it's okay. This is all in the Lord's hands. We're watching the movie. We are sojourners. Our citizenship is in heaven. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because all I want to do is go home. All I want to do is get off this stupid keto diet and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb and pick out and see Jesus and have a great time with all of you guys. All right. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. All right. The next one up is uh, this is posted all over Twitter. Okay. And according to those who posted it on Truth Social, Donald Trump has put taken in a, a vi- I don't know what it, it's a picture. It's like a meme. Okay. And it has him with a MAGA hat on sitting in the Speaker of the House chair with a gigantic gavel in his hand. Looks more like a croquet mallet. And he and he posted this on Truth Social. At Real Donald Trump on Truth Social posted a photograph of him sitting in the House Speaker's chair with a gigantic gavel in his hand and a MAGA hat. Do you think he's going to take it? Anyway, next one up. Praise God. All right. United States debt increases by $442 billion in less than, get this, two weeks. What is going on here with the United States debt? This guy that calls himself Wall Street Silver says. It goes, uh, this is currently no, it's because there is currently no debt ceiling because former Speaker McCarthy suspended the limit of the debt ceiling until 2025. McCarthy did it. Watch what they do. Another headline up. Thank you, Jesus. The Supreme Court stay on allowing the FBI, CDC, CISA, uh, Surgeon General, etc. to censor social media was allowed to lapse. What does this mean? Well, we were talking about how the Supreme Court uh, basically uh, stayed the existing, um, you know, legalese and agreements, etc. that would allow the DOJ and their criminal uh, pursuit of censorship to continue doing that. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court intentionally and slyly allowed the stay to lapse. See, they have to reinstitute it. They have to recertify it, and they chose not to. And by choosing not to look at it again, it automatically lapses, which means that the CISA, the Surgeon General, the White House, the FBI, the CDC are now barred. They're not allowed to communicate with social media platforms. Now, does that mean that they won't? Highly unlikely. It means, in my opinion, they will continue. Now, um, uh, regarding the emergency test that that happened today, all right, it did happen today, and it was a lame duck. It was a dud. I I had people emailing me, texting me, and saying, Johnny, are you going to put, you know, aluminum foil on? I said, no, I'm not going to do diddly squat. I'm not going to do anything. Because I knew that nothing was going to happen. But I'm going to tell you, this is what people have been saying all over the internetosphere prior to the 2.20 p.m. test. By the way, they were two minutes early here in Tampa, at least, whatever. But this is what they've been saying. Listen to this. This is sad, folks. This is what ruins it for the rest of us who are trying the best we can to, to relay important, truthful information to um, – you know, the fellow, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But anyway, it is what it is. We got to live with, you know, the 
messy situation that we've been handed. And I'm going to play this for you because this is what the internetosphere said. I'm going to play it. Just let me, I'll just go ahead and play it. And by the way, this, this individual is not alone. There's hundreds of them out there saying the same thing. All right, here we go. Force at 2.22 p.m. Eastern time. The emergency broadcast system will be activated across the entire United States under the leadership of FEMA, disguised as a test. However, this test will be used to send a specific high-frequency signal through devices like smartphones, radios, and TVs with the intention of activating graphene oxide and other nanoparticles that have been inserted into billions of human beings around the world through the obvious mediums. If the October 4th date does not occur for any reason, the backup plan will be to do it on October 11th at the same time. In the case that this is not able to be stopped, I ask you all to shut off your phones and all other relevant devices at 2 p.m. Eastern time for a period of two hours to be safe. On October 4th at... Now... I can tell you that even after the event, I went out and did some doom scrolling, only to discover, to my dismay, that there is a whole other bunch of people out there now saying, oh, well, it's going to be a delayed effect, you see. It's not going to happen for a couple of days. So you all need to watch out because it is going to happen, but it's going to be a delayed effect. And I, it isn't just one. It's like dozens of these people out there. Well, let me just demonstrate how. So I'm going to read this to you. This is a headline on the BBC front page news. Marlberg virus and other false rumors about today's emergency alert test. And they go in to explain that there's a whole bunch of nutcases out there. Well, great. Does us a lot of good. I mean, you know, now are we going to reach the unsaved? Now how are we going to help people understand the situation that we're dealing with? Now how are we going to witness to, you know what? Every time these types of things happen, we, the true believers of the Lord Jesus, those of us who have taken the red pill, those of us who have the, the, the ability to be able to sort our way through the noise and at least come to some reasonable understanding of what's going on out there, we lose credibility. It, it it hinders our ability to bring people to Jesus because we're clumped into the group. And, uh, well, so here we are, once again, lumped into the group. Now, I was probing around looking for more information regarding the test. Okay, the uh, and it, it appears, oh, 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 we're getting real close to bringing on, let me, hold on a second, let me, let me just look. Sirens blare across Russia because they're having an actual nuclear drill. Nigeria rejects revolts over CBDCs, which is a very significant thing because they started burning down banks. That was great. Um, I'm just rolling through some of these really fast. Mark Dice uh, dresses up <laughs> This is hilarious. I got to play this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, in front of a, a California school uh, council meeting. Oh, Mark Dice cracks me up so bad. 
But anyway, he went in and just totally trolled them and faked. He, he's like, you know, there's a reason why the LGBT, LMNOP, QRST, then, and, and, and we were very troubled because our son was, uh, you know, he wasn't really, um, his pronouns were, you know, plus, and, and then he says, and we decided to change his name to Baphomet. He tells them that they changed his name to Baphomet. Uh, anyway, I, I got to play that for you, but I'll roll that forward. Also, North Dakota Senator Doug Larson who is calling for a long-term study on the mRNA damage, killed in a plane crash. He was murdered. You can believe it with all of his art. His whole family is murdered. Texas Baylor University. Texas Baylor University. COVID mandate. COVID vaccine mandates. They're all coming back, just like Alex Jones said, just like everybody said, just like uh, Chris Guy up in Canada said. They're all coming back. They're just coming in through the back door. And the first major university to institute them, Baylor University in Texas. General Flynn is coming out and he's telling everybody we, he still doesn't believe there's going to be a 2024 election. Um, uh, the uh, Another author, uh, author on, uh, um, on uh, Zero Hedge is saying that the next 12 months of, the, of our existence on this earth will be the most, I'm quoting, the most explosive in the history of the world. South Korea warns North Korea that we will end your regime if you touch us, and the United States will back us. Also, thousands of United States healthcare workers are on strike in multiple states, including Kaiser Permanente, which has over 30,000 people on strike. All right. So I wanted to cover those things. We're going to bring on Sister Elena. I'm going to queue a few of these things up in into uh, the next broadcast. But just before we bring on Sister Elena, I'm just I'm wondering how long this lasts. Let me see how long this lasts. Let me queue it up and just see if it's worth playing for you. Hold on a second. Okay, it's only two minutes, and Sister Elena is very, very cool. So she'll let me play this. Uh, so what I'm going to do is turn on the volume. So, you know how I said that nobody was affected by the emergency broadcast? That, you know, so far we don't have any zombies walking around. Nobody's foaming at the mouth. You know, we got the BBC making fun of all of us, right? Amen? Okay, now, I might have to retract that because I found this video of a very, very large, very large woman in a Walmart, and she is fighting with a police officer live inside the Walmart. And it, and the only thing I can figure when I listen to this is it must have had something to do with that emergency alert that got into her ears. Maybe she had just the right amount of graphene oxide. I don't know. But let's listen to this. Here we go. Oh, kids. Kids. Moms, get the kids out of the room. Put 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 cotton in their ears. Kids, you got to get out of the room. Yeah, this 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 whatever it is isn't using proper things. All right, let's go ahead. Like I said, definitely uh, a, a victim, in my opinion, probably a victim of the emergency alert broadcast. <laughs> So this entity, this entity is in some sort of a mobile wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair, this, this thing, this blob of thingness, and it's from the wheelchair is throwing 
all the stuff that this entity can get its hands on all over the floor, screaming and cussing and screaming and cussing right beside this police officer who's standing right by her trying to tolerate this imprisonable behavior. Uh, by the way, the entity just punched in the face the police officer. Okay, the police officer is desperately trying to wrestle the entity to the floor. You're not supposed to be recording. Yes, ma'am. At this point, the officer has got the entity pinned down from behind and is pulling uh, its claws. I'm sorry, it, what appears to be hands but are likely not, um, or possibly not, uh, behind it uh, and putting on handcuffs. Look, if you think for a second that person is not demon-possessed, then you have no idea what demon possession looks like. That's, this was the only evidence that I could see, doing the best that I could, of the possibly, possibly, I don't know for sure, that maybe the emergency alert did get at least one individual. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Sister Lena. Sister Lena, are you there? I am here. How are you? Sorry, I, I'm sorry, I ran Hello? over. I knew it was an absolute. Can you hear me? You are. That's totally fine. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. All right. Um, so I am not feeling real good, and I'm going to tell you why, and it has to do with what you were just talking about. You're, you're talking about signals technology. I actually wrote a movie about this um, in 2011. What's happening right now, I wrote. Anyway, um, so I'm exhausted, and, and I really do believe it has something to do with that. You see, I was out this morning to go to the um, builder's supply. I'm I'm have a, a project going right now. I'm I'm painting part of my house and oh boy, that's a lot of work. But anyway anyway, so I'm I'm out and um getting gas and it sounds like the siren that goes off at noon or sometimes if there's some you know, a hurricane or something coming, it will go off. It's a very this is small town America. I mean white Picket fences, the whole thing. 
This is almost the birthplace of America right here where I live, a little north. But at any rate, yes, it's the birthplace of America right here. And we have the oldest courthouse in the country in this county. So um, I, I, I think that's significant. I'm just not too sure how it is significant because of how they did this. The, the siren goes off, and it goes off for a good minute and then another minute. I'm like, that is so odd. Um, it, it just was annoying, glaring, and, and quite jarring, very disturbing. I get my gas, I drive down the road, all of a sudden, I become completely exhausted. I mean, to the point that I barely can, can drive home, I'm that tired. And I think, you know, that's really odd. Then all of a sudden, I realize there's a lot of elderly in this area. They don't use cell phones. So they resorted to the good old analog for the same thing. There is some kind of signals technology in this FEMA broadcast. And it hit me, and it hit me hard. I have been fighting it all day. It almost feels like COVID. My throat is sore. My nose is burning. Exhausted. Stomach hurts. So I do think that there is something that they are activating. I don't think we all know which. And the other thing that I've noticed is this is the third time they have done this, maybe the fourth, since, I want to say, 2011, somewhere in, in that last presidency of um, of Obama, maybe. No, it was in that first term this happened. And it was remarkable to me because the ringing in my ear stopped. It's also done that a couple other times. I didn't even know they were doing it. The ringing in my ear stopped, and I went and looked. I'm like, okay, there's definitely signals tech going on here, and they're utilizing all their broadcast technologies. And they are synchronizing all of them. Certainly not for our safety, for theirs, um, and for what they're trying to do. Anyway, um, so there is something there. You know, I'm sorry. I am an ancient SRA. <laughs> I'm in my 60s. And I'm one of the first Montauk children that they used. And right now, I am a widow with a Down syndrome child surrounded by the occult. And they're losing I love it. You know, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Now, have I seen it? Yes, I have. It's gotten very, very quiet on me, and I know that's because they're losing it and they're scared. But I'm not going anywhere. They are. And I think that's the meaning of Occupy. We're all supposed to be doing that. We're not supposed to be giving into a spirit of fear, by the way, which I think they really milk this stuff for that. They're looking for something called louche. Loosh is a negative energy that human beings give off. It's very low vibration. And I know these are terms that none of us are comfortable with, as particularly older Christians and sounds so new age. But there's physics here. There's, there's, what we're doing is we're observing what's already there. And I don't think it's right that the occult, you know, has locked that down. 
and then told us that these things are bad. And, and that's, that's what they've done. They've infiltrated our churches and, you know, programmed us the way they wanted us programmed. And that's as far as I'll go with that. But anyway, so, yeah, um, here we are in 1973, Litton Industries, that was a microwave company, acquired the biggest pathogen database laboratory, library, whatever you want to call it, in the world at that time. And that was 1973. Well, why in the world would they want to do that? Well, they were looking to connect pathogens to signals. They have been spraying in our air for quite some time. They've been terraforming the earth to their so they can control it. Everything's wireless right now, and we're all surrounded by this digital representation of everything wicked in the world. That's called the image of the beast or George. It's the very, it's the very image of Satan. And it's all around us right now. And, and therefore, let's go back to the signals again. I, I go down these rabbit holes, and I'm really sorry. And when I'm tired, that happens probably more often than when I'm not tired. But anyway... Um, the signals technology connecting into pathogens within the bloodstream of a human being gives them almost complete control over what they do. Now, I am not too sure how they connect this into the brain, with you know, because there's a barrier, but, but they do. And two days ago, and, now on, on, and there's a reason I told you about this wireless domain full of this stuff, um, I was on the phone with somebody who means me great harm. And as I, after I hung up with them, my whole left ear, where I was, and I didn't even use, you know, I don't put the phone up to my head, the speaker, my whole left ear became completely blocked. I, I couldn't hear anything. Now, this person is a witch, and she poses as a Christian. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. There's a, more of this around us than, than you know. For me, at my age, I'm thinking, who would really do this? I, it, to me, well, I'll get to that in a minute. The pathogens with the signals and pretty much have created a mass mind control environment. And that's pretty much what you're seeing. And that was the movie that I wrote all those years ago was about them taking control of people's um, decisions and how they conducted themselves and their behavior and what you're basically dealing with then is not that person at all. You're dealing with a demon and it's being remote controlled by somewhere. Some, it could be from anywhere. There's no distance. So anyway, I don't know if you're listening in, if you're old enough to remember the world was very different in 1980 than it is now. And no, that's just not my memory. I think anybody, all you had to do is go look at a movie. Number one, it moves a lot slower. That tells you that there has been a great speeding up of time. And number two, there was a, a something happening there that we don't have anymore, which is a freedom just to be yourself. You don't have that anymore. 
So anyway, back to this wireless demonic network. Um, a lot of times it's activated by somebody doing witchcraft against you. One of my most popular blogs is symptoms of witchcraft and prayers against it. You know, Google's delisted me. So if you want to go see that, you would go to, um, you have to actually spell it into the browser because they have delisted me, um, realmsofhope.wordpress.com. And that's R-E-A-L-M-S, realmsofhope.wordpress.com. Yeah. look up symptoms of witchcraft and prayers against it and you'll see I even have prayers recorded against some of these digital attacks so the day that they shut my left ear down also everything I did that day whether it be you know with work or anything at all basically was blocked that is a huge symptom that somebody's doing this uh, form of folk magic against you and by the way this stuff really works and it's in every single culture it's in our churches it's outside of our churches um in our churches these people that do this really believe that they can be christian witches they they even use their bible when they conjure and i i just got to say that if you're listening to this and you're doing that you're doing it wrong The Bible is clear. That's adultery. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you have entered into a covenant. And most people listening in right now do not understand the significance and how serious that really is. It requires blood. And that blood was spilled on Calvary, and it was spilled for you. That was not something to take lightly. That was God himself wanting you so bad that he was willing to go through that and to take that lightly and think you can fool around with, you know, plants, this and that, whatever you're using, which is usually something innocuous. It's no big deal. Take a little candle, stare into it, look in the mirror, say a few words, you know, whatever it is you're doing. You even use the Bible to do this stuff. Shame on you. Shame. Doing this stuff is evil. What you're doing is you are, you are summoning and activating these fallen beings. You are outside of the will of God, and you think you can do that and think you're going to be taken out of here when, when it's time? No, you're not. You are under deception. You need to repent and put that down. You're playing God. You're literally playing God. And by rationalizing it, saying it's justified, You even have the nerve to say you're crossing somebody. Are you kidding me? You're making a mockery of the cross. This is all over the church right now. The Lord showed me this clearly. And it's particularly around me right now. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. It is evil and it works. I didn't know it was there. It was in the background for 24 years. And who does stuff like this? People that are very jealous loaded with iniquity, have a need to control everything around them. They're control freaks. A lot of them are narcissists. Narcissists seem to have a supernatural power in and of itself. It's, such, it's like flesh on steroids. If you've ever lived with that, you know you're living in hell. Living with a narcissist is horrible. And I've always wondered, God, why did you put me with this? It's so I could overcome it. 
And I know a lot of you listening in have this kind of person in your life, a narcissist. And I'm going to say narcissist hyphen nephilim. Because if you have a narcissist around you, chances are that person without all the, you know, that's extreme. And that's easy to spot. You know, that's the movie. Anybody can fake that. Not that that woman was. I mean, I think she really was out of her mind and, and crazy. But these these beings know how to camouflage themselves. And at first when you meet them, they almost put a spell on you. It's like they, they have some kind of draw into themselves. And then you get in there and you think, oh, this person's so great. Oh, they're such a great person. Oh, this is the person for me. Oh, and they know exactly they, they seem to know, I call it me too. If you say, you know, you got stranded on a South Pacific island somewhere with only, you know, a jug of water and, and a crocodile that you wrestled to the ground and killed, they would say, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> and, and you fall for it because they have this weird kind of cloaking over who they are. And you fall for it. I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. They, they, they totally empathize. They also prey on people that are empaths. So if you are an understanding, warm soul, you better have the full armor of God on daily because they look for people like you. So um, right now, using these digital technologies such as 5Gs, they have no problem inserting themselves in a being, in a human being. They look at you like a shell. And if you don't have Jesus occupying your heart, you are just fair game. And if you're listening in and you have not asked the Lord to be in a relationship with you, a covenant relationship that you take really seriously and find out what pleases him, particularly your obedience, you're doing it wrong. And you're about to find out. You know, there's that saying on Twitter, if you F around, you're going to find out. That's about where a lot of you are. You're just messing around. You're, you're playing games. You're sitting on the fence. And, and Jesus said, he, uh-uh. Jesus said, if you do that, he's going to spit you out of his mouth if you're lukewarm. And there's nothing more lukewarm than thinking you can sit in church on Sunday and say, Jesus, 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 and go on Monday and do a uh, uh, conjure, conjure something. And by the way, this is not just in the deep south of America, although a lot of it is. It goes into um, the gypsies. Actually, I found that it went into Macedonia. It went into all these places. This is very ancient, ancient form of um, fallen angel uh, paganism, witchcraft. And they use normal things, you know, natural things, things of the earth. And, and that's because of the energy and the vibration that we're not supposed to talk about because it's bad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... Um, yeah, they're, you, these are Satan's foot soldiers. They're boots on the ground. This is the kind of person in the office that everything you bring to the table, and I'm speaking to somebody right now, everything you, the things that God has given you that, that are really good things, you bring them to, the, this person shoots them down and they twist everything you say and you go back to your desk wondering, what happened just now? But you know what? He should be looking around for something else anyway. Corporate America is undergoing radical changes. They're laying off tens of thousands of people right now and replacing them with AI. 
in these large companies. Uh, it happened to somebody very close to me. They laid off. Well, they're trying hard to figure out if it's three or ten thousand. I mean, I don't know. To me, either one is bad. So, um, and this is happening all over the place. You should be looking for something you can do on your own and not have to be in corporate America because it's altogether evil, and it's only becoming more so. And not only that, you're surrounded by people that are going home and conjuring. You know, the, the television for years has programmed people that this is okay. Harry Potter, your music videos, even your games. I, I know somebody right now who learned witchcraft from playing Dungeons and Dragons and, and uh, what's the other one? Ingress and, and there's, you know, a few like that. And it's gotten to the place where they're just doing it all the time now, not just on the game. And that's because it's wireless. You don't need to be connected into a screen. You can do it for anywhere. The, this evil, um, you know, there's not really any one word. I, I, King James calls them devils. But that kind of encompasses a mass variety of various beings that are more powerful than we are, um, not more powerful than Jesus and the authority you have that he's died to give you. Um, but these beings can come from under the earth, off of the earth. You know, the stars are related with angels. The fallen ones are still angels. I don't know why we're all surprised that people have been abducted out there because those are just demons. And in your, in your bloodliners listening in, people that have, you know, some of these names, you know, <laughs> your familiar spirits, which are spirits around your family, are principalities. The one around my father's bloodline was Azazel. I didn't know who that was. My daughter spelled his name out. And she did it so many times, I got disturbed by it. I wrote it down, went and sat in front of the computer, and I I put it in there, and I couldn't believe what came back. So I didn't know. But this was the one that was, um, you know, over, over me trying to find my way in the Lord. Not only that, he was on the one behind, you know, the SRA as well. This is not a, a, a small imp or anything like that. This one commands legions. This one is, is um, some people say he is the Satan himself because all sin was ascribed to him. He's the one that has a seed line. Cain is part of his seed line. Cain came to me a few days before my husband went into the hospital where he eventually died a few days later. I have I had no idea why that was, and that's because this man was harboring. He was a nephilim. He had something in him that was not human. Now ask yourself, how many people around you have something in them that is not human? And then we think, oh no, you know, Elena, you're just talking this crazy stuff. Really, it's in the word. Not crazy stuff. The problem is, is that it, during the Enlightenment, they pretty much down, you know, any kind of awareness of the spirit. And that was so they could camouflage themselves. This is about the same time they convinced the world that the devil didn't exist. And he, he pretty well went underground, except for, you know, the seedy areas. He, you know, there was still, you know, human flesh that's bad enough. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But, you know, he, he kept, he did the down low thing. 
and then the Industrial Revolution happened, and men became um, their own gods because they had all these machines that could do everything for them. And what they were doing was shutting down something incredibly important in the human being, and that was our imagination. You don't have to listen to me. You can look at the works of people that came out of that era. There were these things called realism and naturalism. Where they even had theaters where you could go sit down and watch people do things like go to the bathroom, you know, because it was realism, naturalism. That was a natural thing. And therefore, it was like just the great magician's trick. Look over here. So nobody started. And if, if there was a child that saw something under the bed, no, there was nothing under the bed. So they started programming them at a very young age. And it, again, it's the magician's trick. Look over here. Look at your belly button. Look down at your toes. Look at this money. Money is your God. You need to become obsessed with money. And that's exactly where the world is now. And they're all looking at that, and nobody's noticing that the skies are full of this crazy stuff. They're blowing things up. You know, it's it's terrible. And they're coming from space-based weapons. Who uses those? You know, and we're all just looking at our belly button and the almighty dollar going, oh, well, yeah, that. And we've, we've totally ignored the fact that what's going on in the spirit realm is affecting us all. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. If you're going to deny the spirit world, you would have to deny the Holy Spirit too. Now, what goes on in the spirit world is so nuts that it's hard to wrap your head around. I'll give you that. But those of you that are having dreams of this stuff going on need to pay attention because it's real. It's in another dimension, but it's real. But it's also in code, so you don't have to take it literally, although some of it might be. A lot of it is um, representative of other things. Anyway, so they uh, decided that the imagination was no longer something we needed. And so we could all go sit somewhere and enter data into something and we would be fine. You know, Bob Cratchit, you know, so we didn't have an imagination anymore. And that's a really interesting thing because that's where we go meet with God. If you don't have an imagination, how can you pray? How can you hope? How can you have faith? So they were shutting all that down, telling us that it was our belly button and the almighty dollar. That was the most important thing. And we all said yes and amen. Even the churches started preaching that, started preaching that you had to be blessed or you had sin in your life. And, and you know, some of us were struggling because we were coming out of this whole bloodline nonsense, trying to find our way in the Lord. And we got shut down because, well, there's sin in your life. No, there wasn't. I was trying to come to you to find out what to do about everything. And you shut me down. And you caused problems, big problems, with with my husband and my children because of the lies you told me. And you will answer for that because the Bible says those of you that are shepherds are going to have to answer to a um, a higher judgment. You're going to be held accountable for every word that's come out of your mouth. And if you have not, in the Jerry 
Springer culture covered your words with the blood of Jesus, you better do it now because you're going to stand before an angry God telling you all about every time you said something stupid like, you know what, I really hate you. The blood of Jesus over that. Because you don't really mean it anyway. You're just giving into your flesh. But you're going to hear about it if you don't cover it and stop it. We're getting too close to that last moment to allow just anything to blow us here and blow us there and do, uh, you know, have us do whatever we want. You know, you leave church, you go meet up with somebody, she gives you the warm fuzzies, and the next thing you know, your ring is in your pocket and you're sitting in a bar somewhere. Stop it. You're not happy doing that stuff anyway. That's just totally illogical. You're letting the world program you into hating your wife. Why? You think Instagram is really real? You look at these women and then you listen to these crazy men talk out their backside about women being, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's all, um, you know, women be hoes. I wasn't going to use that word. The word is like, you know, the female dog thing. And and that is no way for a Christian man to treat his covenant partner because what you have is a reflection of what you have with God. What you have with your wife is a covenant. You are one. You are also one with God. Now, I have people come to me sometimes say, I can't hear God. He's in you. I don't know what you were expecting. But, you know, sometimes it just comes out your mouth and you don't mean it to. You hear from God, or you wouldn't be wondering why you can't. But your imagination's been shut down by rationalism, naturalism, realism, all these isms that happened in the big Ivy League schools, Oxford. Yes, they were the educated, enlightened ones that were creating darkness in a different way that they did it in the dark ages. They said, we will educate you the way we want you programmed. And that's what they've done since that time. So now most of us wouldn't recognize a miracle if it hit, it up, if it hit us upside the head, would not recognize a UFO if it came and dropped in your yard. Oh, that's just headlights. That's swamp gas. Yeah, none of us can really seem to be comfortable with the fact that we don't live in one dimension. When you go to sleep at night, you dream, you are in another dimension. But you do live in another dimension, like I do. Now, your imagination is to be the holy of holies. This is where you meet with God. And you don't allow, the Bible says, vain imaginations. You cast those down. Now, what is a vain imagination? Well, that's pretty easy to figure out. Vanity is the flesh. So any kind of imagination that would exalt itself over the word of God and what you know to be true and required of you, which is not much, refrain from idolatry and eating food sacrificed to idols. Now, that is a really interesting concept in today's world, and that's a whole different discussion, one I'd kind of like to take a deep dive into, but 
have not. I could stay away right now from halal food because of the way they butcher their meat. But anyway, um, so we live in this culture where we have signals and we have devils and we have demonic networks that are being controlled through your eyes, through the, the portals of your eyes, from your ears, and that's what they've tried to, to do to me, um, through your heart, through your bloodstream, depending on what, what you've got floating around in there. Um, and I'm going to tell you what to do about it. Those of you that are under the blood, you have the authority of Jesus Christ. You send a holy fire prayer missile right into their demonic networks and tear them down. You are to occupy until Jesus comes. You're not passive. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to join any truther group or red pill or whatever that is. You need to find out what the Lord would have you do in these last moments because we are in the last moments. Sometimes I think I'm going to go to sleep and wake up in paradise. That's how close it is. Then I got to wake up. And that's the other thing. I know that it's happening to me, and I, and I know it's happening to others because I get their texts. The Lord is getting me up at 4.30 every morning to have conversations with me. And it's wonderful. But I wonder about it. And then the rest of the day, I've got to do all these things like, you know, I have this painting project going. I'm cleaning my house up of that unclean spirit that was in here. I'm getting, I'm uh, washing all the walls and floors with a mixture of anointing oil and um, soap. (laughs) Because I, I'm just, they got to go. I'm done. This is this has got this has got to stop. And by the way, that's the other thing that that's happening now. You have got um, human spirits that are getting ready to be released. Now people say, oh, but that's not my theology. It's appointed unto man, you know, once to die, and after that the judgment. Yeah, but you guys talk like it's instantaneous. How do you know that? Well, maybe, well, I've listened to so-and-so with near-death experiences. Well, that's the experience they had. Not everybody has the same experience. So there's plenty of places, such as Isaiah 26 and Revelation 20, that talks about them coming up from the ground. So, yeah, we have that going on, too. And I'm not too sure what kind, of, you know, who, what, what, that's, what, that, what that entails, but I, I know it's true. So, yeah, that's just one other um, line of attack. As Satan has left no stone unturned. And those of you that are sitting on the fence and not making a decision, um, your life is about to get really, really bad. If you're looking at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at, you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. If you're messing around with somebody you shouldn't be messing around with, stop it. Because guess what? It's right there at your door. (laughs) Not only, even if if this stuff does give you a few more weeks, maybe months, you're lucky. Is it not making you happy now? Wait till you see what's going to happen when those prophecies come to pass. You know, you you can go look them up. It's pretty easy to see. You know, we've got these bowl judgments and trumpet judgments, and none of them are good. They're all bad. So um, maybe go look that up because guess what? If you're going to stay for that, 
that's it's it's not going to be good for you. That is not going to end well for you. And by the way, um, I have come to the conclusion after my 4:30 wake up calls with Jesus that the tribulation is kind of like the final what he did with the Jews and took them into exile because they were all idolaters. He had to shake it off of them because he loved them. That's what's going to happen in the tribulation. Those of you that are going to go through it because you've chosen to, you don't have to, but if you've chosen to do that, then you're going to come back to him because he wants you back to him. But you're going to do it at the cost of your head and a whole lot of misery as well. You've all seen seen what the apocalyptic landscape looks like. Well, you know what? That's nothing compared to what it's really going to be. I've seen those timelines. They're not good. And you really don't want to stay for it. So the way this works is you give your heart now to Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? Is that a, a, a quick little prayer? You know, you say this little sinner's prayer and you go your merry way and go do what you want? Absolutely not. It does not mean that at all. It means you find out what pleases the Lord and do it because guess what? It will be worth it because fooling around with the things of this world are going to get you killed, not just in this world, but the next one too, if you don't get it straight. And, you know, I I don't mean to be fussing at anybody and I, and I, and I really hope I'm not, well, I do mean to be because I want you to get saved. I want you to understand how serious this is. I'm a grandmother. I have this conversation with with my grandchildren because you have to understand that if you don't get it straight, it's going to hurt. And the reason it's going to hurt is so you come back to the Lord and quit fooling around with your covenant. The Lord loves you. He wants you with him. And there are so many ways to right now in the world you live in to deny him, but he knows that you really belong to him. So he's going to allow you to to fall into a world of hurt so he can get you back in the end. Now, that's the hard way, all right? There's, when it comes to parental um, authority, your children are going to obey you. They're either going to do it with or without, the easy way or the hard way. Quite frankly, I had a set of twins, and one chose the easy way, and the other one chose the hard way. I've seen both of them, and I really would prefer if you would choose the easy way, and that's right now. Get yourself straight with the Lord and understand the spirit realm is real and start dealing with what is at hand in your family, in your bloodline, in your life. Get yourself clean before the Lord. Do what you have to do. Fast, pray, take communion, whatever it is, but get it straight. It will be worth it. I promise you. So, okay, I'm going to get down off my soapbox now, and um, I hope you heard me. I really didn't get much prepared for tonight. I'm sorry, Johnny. I'm running this business that is really out of my league, and I'm doing okay at it. I'm quite proud of myself walking into a man's world and taking over. That's quite interesting. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be fine with that. 
but it's my day starts very early and I start dragging at this time. Um, so I am going to go ahead and, um, well, you know what? I still have about 15 minutes that I have to fill. And I know Johnny would appreciate it if I do. So what do I want to talk to you about? I guess I want to talk to you about what's all around you. And I've been doing that all along, so I will just keep going with that. For me, this was absolutely startling. I married a Christian man, a promise keeper, a Sunday school teacher. His parents were all saved. But even after, you know, we first got married, we stopped praying over our food. I mean, I would do it, but I would always feel very weird praying about it. When I got around his family, I always got very tense, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was always told, well, it was me, that I was the crazy one. Well, I quickly learned that I was, you know, surrounded by people that I have never, ever encountered before in my life. Now, all of a sudden, I went from everything in my life going well to everything in my life going badly. Everything I did was blocked. If I went on a um, a call, I was uh, working as a mortgage broker at the time. If I went on a call, I would find myself totally driving around in circles, completely blocked everywhere I went. It was either traffic or construction or I got lost. It was one thing after another, but I was blocked and I would show up to the client late and I would lose the, the, the deal because I was late. And I found that happening a lot. Everything I put my hand to started to fail. Crop failure, everything. And, and you know, I'm a highly intelligent woman. I just couldn't understand it. But trying to figure it out in the flesh, I absolutely could not. I could not figure it out. And I kept trying to, well, okay, well, maybe I just need to work harder. Maybe I just need to do this. Oh, am I dumb? It's all my fault. Blah, blah, blah. No. I was surrounded by narcissist nephilim posers that were running witchcraft on me. They even held up my child, looked at my baby in the face and say, well, I didn't mean for this to happen. And I still didn't get it. And that is because the cloaking was on me and on them. I couldn't see past it. Now, this is back in 2000. So in 2001, I, I kept trying and trying and trying. I tried all these different things, and I, and I would begin to excel, and then boom, for whatever reason, things would fail. Now, at the same time, simultaneously, my husband's heart starts to fail, which is really interesting because he doesn't have heart problems. Oh, but it's a birth defect. No, it's not. It's Jezebel, and this is witchcraft. And we are called, and I'm going to say this right now, I'm going to interject this, to overcome the Jezebel spirit. Revelation 2, in the church to Thyatira, to him who overcomes Jezebel, I'll give him the right to overcome nations. And if we can't overcome her here, we're certainly not going to overcome her there. So that is why this was in my life. I get it. And overcome her. I have, and I'm just about done. And 
all of you are in various stages of this as well, and you are going to overcome this, and it is around you. I get your phone calls. I get your texts. I get your emails. I see that a lot of you are in a bed of pain, and that is because what's around you is completely evil, and you are surrounded by this kind of thing, and the Lord is going to stir you with holy fire to start fighting back. And you're going to start overcoming this witch right now. And she is enabling her minions, but you still have authority over it. And you're going to fight back and you're going to fight back hard, but you're going to overcome. Now let's go back to this. So everything I do, I go from being the star student to getting D's for no reason. Just the guy doesn't like me. He's going to give me a D. I'm fighting. Okay, it goes to a B, but I've never had these grades in my life. I don't understand what's going on here. I'm, I'm working on a PhD. The next thing I know, I'm giving birth to a Down syndrome baby. Uh, and, and I'm in absolute living hell surrounded by narcissists. All these people I married into have these narcissistic personality disorders. And I'm told this by a counselor, several of them. And, and at the time, it's rare. This is 2004, 2005. And I'm like boo-hooing and, and they're giving me this psychobabble and they're right, but it's not helping me. It's describing the problem. It's not helping me overcome it. So finally, I've had enough after, you know, this, this individual then begins to rage on me and beat the tar out of me and my children and I leave him. But I still cannot get the claws out of me, and I'm still fighting, and it gets worse than ever. And now I'm loaded with implants, too. And because he's a nephilim, I'm still being abducted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is going on in a lot of your lives. I'm not special. Maybe um, a little bit more so because of my background and who my father is. But this is going on with a lot of us right now. I get your, your emails. And I'm hearing from you, and some of you are even expelling some of these implants. And some of you are going on my blog and getting my prayers, and they're working. And praise God, please share them. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm delisted, but you can sure save it. Download it, save it on your computer. Download it to a PDF. You got it forever then. Use it. Record it and listen to it yourself. And you will overcome this. This Jezebel spirit is a stench in God's nostrils. And it permeates this entire world right now, and particularly America. Which, by the way, America is a very ancient civilization, and and you're going to be hearing more and more about that in the days to come. The Americas are. They're every bit as ancient as as anywhere else. And you're you're going to be hearing about that. But the good news is this. Those of us that overcome this stuff are going to be given the right to, over, to, to rule over nations. The word nations is, is not exactly um, geographic locations. It has to do with um, various cultures. And I tend to believe that... Um, What this means is that those of us that overcome will be, not now, 
but after we are completely sanctified and purified and understand um, leadership by servitude, we'll be given the right or be called the kings of the earth. And we will take authority over this mass evil eventually, clearly spelled out in the scriptures time and again. And, uh, you know, if you want to debate me, fine, I don't care. We will be given the right to rule over nations. And that includes, I believe, ruling over some of the species off planet. This is home base for the Lord. He has died for no other beings, just humans. This is ground zero for rulership. And once again, I am going to um, please, please, please get it straight. Get it straight with him. You are the head, not the tail. You are the overcomer, not the overcome. Go read Deuteronomy 28. Go learn who you are. What you're doing right now, this isn't it. This isn't it. If it was, I I don't think I could go another day. But right now, um, I look forward to the blessed hope of what's to come. Father, I am just now coming before you now, your throne of grace and mercy. And I'm standing before you with those that are listening in right now, and I'm praying for them. I'm interceding for their soul. My voice harmonizes with the Holy Spirit. Father, I am asking now that your eyes now go to and fro, and you find those that belong to you and pluck them from the enemy's hands right now. It is your work, not theirs. Father, go find those that belong to you and bring them home. Bring them home right now, Father. And Father, I mean home to you. And Father, let their light be contagious to those around them. That their lamp then illuminates the light of the Holy Spirit in those around them, their children, their husbands, their parents, their grandparents. Father, be ready for these final moments. Father, make us ready. Clean us up. We can't. You are coming for a spotless bride. And I'm asking, Father, now that you create this spotless soul within us. Father, we put our flesh to death. It's disgusting. And I'm asking, Father, now that you come inhabit our heart and you come find us. And we're waiting for you and we're looking for you. And, Father, we're so glad that you have called us out of Babylon, trusting here. But, Father, I am thanking you where we're going. It's a place of beauty. It's a place of identity, true identity. It's a place of rulership where the things 
that we are powerless over now, we will rule over then. And Father, I'm thanking you that you are making us ready now for the days to come. I love you, Father. And I count these things done in Jesus' name. All right, that's about it, Tony. I'm 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 tapped. Hello. All right. No, that that's yeah. amen. I I'm tapped too. So <laughs> I think a lot of us are <laughs> because uh, you know that. It, uh, Boy, I you know I certainly wouldn't sit here and give you an inventory of everybody I know and all the stuff that they're going through, but I can tell you that even when people just reach out to me that I haven't heard from in a while, yeah. Yeah, the consensus is, as a general rule, with a very few exceptions, God bless them, um, uh, you know, we're all going through our own little custom, uh, I don't know, just Fast. difficult times, trials, tribulations, fiery trials. Um, it, up, Johnny. Yeah. We're being no, cleaned I, yeah, up. I totally, faith I, is being refined, yeah. yes. Right. Absolutely. And um, and it's a good thing. And we just need to, you know, I think for me, I can't speak to other people because I'm not them. But for me, and I haven't arrived, it's a journey. And I, I think the journey is going to continue. As a matter of fact, the, the, my personal current current understanding is it ain't going to stop until we leave. And then right. once we leave, we might even be given additional jobs to do that are, you know, I, I'm starting to get prophecy, but I'm not going to get into all that, but I'm starting to get prophecies that indicate that, you know, like some of us may have been chosen, you know, to do additional stuff, you know, and, and all that kind of thing, you know, because cause when you think of the, when you look at the entire body of Christ, you know, what is it? Point oh 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 one percent even bothers with spiritual warfare stuff. So, I mean, you know, right. anyway, my point is, is we're all going through a pile of you know, quarry truck dookie, and um, it, it's tough, and but but it's custom for each of us, and that's the hard part. We don't understand the customized nature of the things that we're going through until we look back on them years from now. Right. But at the end of the day, right. only thing I can say for me is that it has brought me to a place where I just got to let it go. And you know yeah. when when I when I. It, and boy, that's a journey. That took me a year. And I'm not there. I still have my burps. I still have my issues. I still have my times when I'm like, this can't be happening again. And I get frustrated. But as a general rule, ever since I've just kind of like let it go as best as I could, you know, just let it go. Like I have every reason to be upset with my job. I have every reason to be, to have a whole bunch of negative feelings about it. And I, I don't, I don't care. I, I don't yeah, mean good. that to sound like I don't care That's about my God job. God wants to bring you. Yeah. If God wants no, me God fired, God will get me fired. If God wants me to have a job, God will protect my job. Right. I have faith in Hallelujah. him. My faith is in him. I praise oh, yes. his name. I give yes. it to him. And I'm going to go ahead and do yes. the job stuff that I don't want to do. Yeah, good for you. Yes, hallelujah. And just mm. keep up, get up, repeat, and do it all again. You know, and I, mm. I'm, I look at the schedule. I say I'm 61. I know the stuff I'm going through. I know I don't have the energy to go through it, but you know what? I, how much do you want to bet? And maybe that's not a proper you know, colloquialism to use. It's, it's meant figuratively, but I'm just <laughs> saying, how much do you want to bet that the stuff that I'm looking at right now that is Insurmountable, unbelievable, back-to-back schedules. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do it, 
how do you go from a meeting with one team to another meeting with another team to another meeting with? A, I'm going to have to like really, really anyway because I got I got to go to the bathroom. I have to. T- the official business term is I must take a bio break. Well, how do you take a bio break when you have back to back one hour sessions with people that are spread all over the country and the, and the prior group that you were just talking to doesn't. That nobody knows that you're doing it. So all they know is they got to be there from three to four. And then the next group is going to be there from four to five. Well, then the group that's going to be there from four to five doesn't know about the group that there's there from three to four. So they don't really care if you got to take a bio break. They're mad exactly. that they got to be in the no, meeting. Nobody first. cares. Right. You know so I'm just kind of yeah. like, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'll take, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll take one of those nice, you know, kick hiney cheek pre-workouts or something, you know, and just go into the meetings all jacked up on citrulline and cocaine and taurine. I mean, not cocaine. I mean, uh, caffeine. That's what I meant to say. You know, and, and, and taurine, you know, some of this pre-workouts will get you pretty woke up in the late afternoon when you're starting to fade. So it's not my favorite way to do stuff, but I don't really see myself having a lot of options. So I'm, I'm not upset about it. I used to get really not happy. I get mad. I get frustrated. And now I'm just kind of like, whatever. Whatever, you know. And um, I don't know. It it works out. It's weird. Um, I can't explain it, but it just does. It works out. It really, really does. And when you see the evidence. That's where you're supposed to be. It's where you're supposed to be. Exactly where you're supposed to be. There's only two things can happen. I mean, I'm oversimplifying all (sighs) of this. There's, there's only two things. Either you're going to say, you know, forgive me for the term, but F-bomb it. I, I don't give a blank. I don't give a blank. And you're going to start, you know, you're just going to reject it. And you're going to get mad. You're going to cave in on yourself. And you'll, you won't, you, let's put it this way. The ultimate truth of that attitude will be, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go through worse things, but God may just let you let you be. If you're one of those people that just can't take it anymore and you give up, God may say, "Okay, you've chosen your destiny." It you know it doesn't mean it's in heaven or hell thing. This is a eternal rewards thing, you know. God wants us to overcome. God wants us to to read His Bible, understand it. Continue to seek him and and fight the good fight. Be like Abraham. Go all the way up to the point of the knife. Wait, you know, believe. Believe, have faith, know it, have no place else to turn. If you have someplace else to turn, if you can go to your mom, you can go to your dad, you can go to do this, you can go borrow money from this person, borrow money from that person, and you have all these resources that are earthly in nature, then you're not going to totally learn to depend on God. I had to be brought. Me, John. Me, just me. I don't care. I don't mean to say I don't care about y'all out there, else I wouldn't be doing the show. But what I'm saying is I have to isolate my own personal testimony from the rest of y'all because the rest of y'all might go through a different set of circumstances. My circumstances, God brought me to, and I know he's doing it with others, probably you too, to a place I don't have a choice. I cannot survive. There's no way. No possible way I can survive with this level of stress. I will die. I will stroke out. Since I have copped the attitude, and I'm just using street terminology, you know, every day sit around, have a beer, drink a glass of wine, talk to a person in Christ. You know, but every time I've, when I've finally got to the place where I copped an attitude where like, you know what, 
I can't deal with this. I can't have any more sleepless nights. When I finally got to that place, and I, I'm not, I haven't arrived, but I have gotten to the place right now where I don't care. When I say I don't care, it's not that I don't care about my job. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I don't care. God's, I know God's going to take care of it. God's got this. I surrender. I have no control. The, the little mini miracles that I've seen happen to me, it's unbelievable. For example, I'm working with a gazillion-dollar humongous company. I can't, I'm not allowed to say the name, but it's very, 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 very big. Biggest company that my comp- of all the people that are on my in my department is the biggest company of all of them. Nobody else. So, what they've been doing is they, they threw me in on this one project, and there was a VP, and she was very unhappy. So basically, it was a five-alarm fire. But they didn't tell me it was. They said, hey, John, we need you to join these calls because, you know, we want you to help out with this project. And that's all he said. Never mind, I didn't have the time. I was working on other stuff. But I, that's okay. I, I, you know, okay, praise God. Prayed about it. I go in, and it's it's a disaster on a level that you cannot explain. There is a vice president. She's got connections. She goes all the way up to – and if if you upset her, she's going to make phone calls. And it can lead to your termination. Simple as that. And she's a challenging personality. And by the time they brought me in, the project was already completely upside down and literally on fire. This VP was pissed. And everybody went – so like two days before I was supposed to meet her, I'm getting on these calls with the salesperson and everything. They're all nice on my end, on my company, and everybody's nice. One of them is a Christian. She prays and everything, even even while we're doing meetings. But um, and she's everything's cool, but she tells me what's going on. She's like, this VP is mad. We're weeks and weeks and weeks behind schedule, and she has not seen any useful output from us. And her team is mad. She's mad. Everybody's mad. And by the way, John, you'll be meeting here tomorrow. You're going to save the day. I'm like, I am, am I? I don't have any idea what they're talking about. I don't even know what they're doing. I have no idea. I have no idea why anybody's mad. I don't even know what it looks like what they're building. It's like being it's like being thrown onto a construction site, and uh, you have no idea what you're doing. They hand you a box of toothpicks and say, build us a four-story building. And I'm sitting here going, what? That's what I'm thinking. But instead, I go in, I take, a, I take a shot. My first shot is strike out. We get into meeting. I put it together. She says, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. I got very quiet. She knew I was new, so she cut me break. She said what she was looking for. I got on my knees. The day, this is how, how miraculous this was. Now, you've got to understand, there's a team of about six people working with this woman for probably about three months, definitely two months. And she needed it all done yesterday. I entered into, into the picture. I strike out on my first attempt. She says, no, no, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. She said, I need this, 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 and this. And A plus B must equal C minus that. And I, and I go, I got it, I got it, I got it. Well, I got on my knees the next morning because I'm stuttering. I don't know what to do. I mean, I got a pretty good idea what she wants, but accomplishing that task is dauntingly complex. 
for me. And I've been doing it for 26 years. So I'm like going, and plus you got to read her mind too, right? So I'm like going, okay. So I pray about it fervently amongst all the other things. You know, I pr- promise the Lord I'm going to do everything that I do and spiritual warfare and pray for the lost and you know, take communion and everything else, which I haven't let him down. But then I also prayed about this specific issue. Well, when I went into the office, I really didn't feel anything, any kind of anointing. But I, I will say this. I sat down. I don't know why. I wasn't even going to go into the meeting, and I wasn't going to create anything. Nobody – I didn't even know diddly from diddly. And my initial attitude when I sat down at the desk was, I'm just going to go to this meeting because nobody asked me to prepare anything. I figured we'd just go in. We'd talk. We'd hash things out. We would discuss what our, what our approach was going to be, that kind of thing. But instead – Something came over me, and I put together this diagram. It was a diagram, and said, "This is this is the beginning. This is the the middle. You know, phase two. This is phase three. This is the output. This is what it's going to look like, just based upon what she said. I mean, she said it in all of about less than thirty seconds. This is what I want. Never met the lady before in my life. Put it down on paper. Went to the meeting. She couldn't make the meeting." which is fine, but they recorded the meeting for her. And I forgot that they were recording the meeting. So I said to everybody, I said, does she like to be called AJ or does she want to be called, the, you know, whatever the case is, you know, I, I can't tell her actual name. And, it, you know, how, do, how does she like to be, and, and they were laughing, they're like, well, we can call her that, but I don't know how she feels about third parties and stuff. And I said, well, then I'll just go ahead and stick with the formal stuff. And, I, you know, and I said, the guys, this is what I propose. I, I propose that this is, you know, and I, I need you to keep me honest. And I'm like, showed them the diagram, talked them through it. This is what I propose we do. Is there anybody that disagrees? You guys, is this how you're seeing it as well? And they're like, yeah, no, 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 we agree, you know, and it was back and forth and all that kind of stuff. Long story short, a miracle happened. This woman has been angry, frustrated, upset for months. In one night, because of the prayer and my surrender to, to the Lord. She sends an email to the entire team at the end of the day and says, this is exactly what I want. And, oh, by the way, you can all call me AJ. <laughs> so she listened to the meeting. She heard everything that we said. She liked the discussion. And all of that was created miraculously through the Holy Spirit and myself at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock is when I put it all together. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't get anybody to vet it. Nobody looked over my shoulders. Nobody said that's what she wants. I just went into the meeting. I put it on the screen, and everybody looked at it, and I said, this is what I propose. By 3.30, she had the email, and she said, that's exactly what I want. Thank you very much. Everybody was celebrating. Praise, you know, uh, the, the sales lady, uh, very nice girl. She, she's a believer. And she's like, I was praying. I was praying. I said, well, I was praying too. And she goes, I'm so happy. For the first time, she has given us an approval. For the first time in two months, she gave, gave an approval. And I had all of about two hours left prior to prayer. It's not because I'm a genius. It's because the Lord helped me to get the vision. And that is what you have to look forward to in your life. The things, the mountains that you feel like are impossible to climb, the challenges that you have, the behaviors that you have, the addictions that you have, whatever it is in your life, if you will just cop the attitude and give it to God, pray, believe, 
and start rowing the boat. I've, I've, I, I know I harp on this all the time. Row the boat and pray. Row the boat and pray. Don't just sit there like a jellyfish waiting for the boat to slam into the rocks. Row the boat and pray. And if you do that and you believe and you praise God, which is full of power, I just had – I got to share this one last little thing, and I'm going to – then we'll go to prayer or whatever. But another testimony of this exact thing, but a completely different person on the other side of the world, person in Europe, going through challenges with a divorce, very ugly, very unpleasant, very bad stuff going on. Anyway, long story short, I I simply said to her, you know, I'm praying with you, everything, you're praying, I know you're praying, you're pra- we're all fasting, we're praying. Okay, great. Now, what I said to her was I said, praise Brought down the walls of Jericho. Praise broke the chains and the the uh, cast iron bars for uh, you know I believe it was Silas and Paul uh, in, in jail and and um, and they just sat there and they praised. He said, "Praise you, Jesus! Hallelujah!" They sang songs. They praised God. That's all they did. Praise, 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 praise. The everything was broken. It, you know, it was impossible. I think there was even an earthquake. I mean, they, they got out of jail and then they surprised the people. It was fascinating. And they're knocking on the door and they're like, "There's no way this can be Paul." And, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it was like mind-bending. The whole story is just amazing. Praise is immense power. When you are in a jam. When you are, when it's a life or death situation, when you have got to have a result, if you're not praising, you're, you've robbed yourself of all the power that you could have had. It's like putting octane booster in an engine. You know, if you ever have a hard time, folks, I don't know how many men out there are listening or whatever, but if you ever buy a power, you know, a tool for your house, a weed whacker, you know, a a blower or whatever that runs off a of two-cycle stuff and you have trouble starting it, get yourself some octane booster. Just buy a little bottle of it. It's cheap. It's like under 20 bucks. And put a couple of tablespoons of octane booster into that little gas tank. And let me tell you, that thing is going to start on the first pull. I am allergic to power tools that do not start on the first pull. I hate them. Now, why did I bring that up? Because that octane booster is equal to praise. If you're not getting up and praising God for everything that you are asking for every morning, even while you are waiting for the answer to your prayer, you're messing up real bad. There's a high level of likelihood you are not going to see the answer to that prayer because there are too many forces of darkness that are trying as hard as they can for you not to get it. And praise is the power that knocks down the walls of Jericho, breaks this, the, the, this cast iron bars for crying out loud. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And when we learn that, you can get yourself to a place. doesn't happen in one week. might take a couple of weeks. Make take, might take you four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. But you will start to see breakthroughs. And your attitude will change. And you'll start to say, to heck with it. I'm not going to worry about it. Right now, believe it or not, for the first time in 10 years, I, I would estimate about 10 years, I'm sleeping like a baby. I put my head on the pillow and I go out. I'm not taking my Alteril. I'm not taking any of my herbal supplements. I'm not taking any melatonin. I'm not taking any valerian root. I'm not taking diddly. I lay my head on the pillow. I sleep like a baby. Why is that? Because finally, after this long battle, my testimony, and I want it to be your testimony. After this long battle, I learned through practice, 
I learned that I don't have any control anyway. I don't. And so when I just gave it to God, it took all the stress away, all the anxiety away, all the worries, all the pitching and rolling and sweating in my bed and waking up and, oh, my gosh, and just a nightmare associated with all that. Ugh, just unbelievable. You can't live that way. You can't live that way. And God is bringing us all, Elena, myself, you, people, you know, the, the lady over in uh, Europe that I just referred to. I told her, I said, I know you're going into the courtroom. I know this is a, practically a life or death situation for you, for your family. And I said, all you got to do, sit outside the courtroom. They're not going to let you in. Sit outside that courtroom and you praise God from the bottom of your heart the whole time it's going on. You praise, 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 praise. Well, what did I get? I got an email, actually a text message, and she said, we won. We won everything. The uh, They call them solicitors over there in Europe. Um, lawyers. They, 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 you know, they came out and said, you, you got it. It's all going on record. It's all in your favor. Everything, everything, 100% of it. You got it all. She sat there and prayed. She had no reason to believe that any of that was going to happen. And she praised the whole time. And God came through. The doors were open. But, you know, we got to get to that place where we're living. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because, because he trusts you. We have to trust God. Otherwise, the days that we have ahead, we're not going to be able to deal with it. And we don't, and, you know, we don't know how, how much longer we've got to be here. could be a little while, you know, and I don't think it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to lose your job and get kicked to the street. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I think the roads will be a little bumpy like they have been, and there may be other stressors in our lives like there have been. And I'm telling you folks, you're not going to be able, if you're anything at all like me, and I assume Elena has been through very much or even worse. And that is, uh, and, and I think Elena, she just texted me. So I'm going to see, Oh, she dropped. Okay. She had to go. So she's, she's exhausted. Okay. But anyway, I'll close on this point, folks. You got, Trust me. Please believe me with all your heart. Please, please try because I have no motivation other than to help you. And I know that same thing is for, for Lena's is exactly the same way. The reason I share this with you is because I'm sleeping like a baby. Okay. I will sleep like a baby tonight. I will wake up tomorrow feeling good. I will do the things that I have to do next week, which to me look impossible. I could be resentful, but I'm not. Quite frankly, I'm just glad to get it over with and work it and do do what I got to do to get it, you know, behind me. But I'm not sweating it. Normally, I sweat it. I sweat everything. I get upset about everything. I get frustrated about everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for another job. I'm gonna do something else. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I'll, you know what? No. I just don't care. I know that sounds a wrongful statement. I don't care. But until you stop caring about the earthly stuff and just give it to God, and then you don't care because God's got it. And then all you've got left is to keep on praying over it and praising. 
And you just go through the motions and it happens. And then miracles start to happen. Things that you know that you know that you know that you could not have done without God's help start to happen. Addictions that you could not get over, you they're no more anymore. You don't they're not bothering you. Uh, man, folks, I, if I could just, I mean, it would take me hours to explain all of the things that I've been through. And this is just recent. And it's a beautiful thing. And I cannot encourage you more to try as hard as you can to embrace your walk. Embrace them. Try them. And don't stop. Because that's exactly what God is looking for. He is watching you to see if you're going to stop. The second that you stop is the second before you are about to get your answer. Don't stop. Be tenacious, adamant, persevere, push through, and believe, and praise. And you will start to see miracles happen. That includes sin in your life. You can overcome all of it. Take it a piece at a time, chunk at a time, whatever it is. Work it through, and then move on to the next thing. And all I can say is, you know, if this was a year ago and I was going through what I'm going through with my job, I would be desperately looking for another job. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm not, and I praise God for that. And I hope this is a little bit helpful. You know, there's a there. You know, sometimes you can say the same thing eight different ways. And until you get to the eighth way, it doesn't, you know, everybody receives a different way. Everybody needs to hear it said a certain way for it to sink in. And this is so important. It was so important to me. It was so life-changing for me. Not perfect. Not perfect. I still get frustrated sometimes. I still just like, I can't believe it. But I revert now 80 to 85% of the time. I revert immediately back to praise and I'm seeing miracles. I'm seeing impossible stuff happen. Why wouldn't you? I'm telling you that you will. And praise is probably bar none the best way. I even wrote an article 10 years ago, and I'm going to say goodnight after this. It was over 10 years ago, maybe 11. And I called it the Stargate of Praise, and it was all about that. But it's so you can forget things so easily. I just called it the Stargate of Praise, and it was all about how it just wraps you in supernatural protection, supernatural power. It draws God out. It literally, it, the scripture even says that God inhabits the praises of his people. It pulls power down that you otherwise will not benefit by. And it releases you. It releases you to have a clear mind, to have the peace that you need, and to just go ahead and row the boat. For me, it was creating that diagram. And in front of everybody, it worked. It was a miracle. And I praise God for that. And I hope that you praise God for what you're struggling with or whatever challenge that you have before you, because we all have them. And if we don't, we need to probably ask God a little bit more because there's plenty of room for growth for each of us, especially in the days to come. Now's the time. Praise his holy name. Isn't it exciting? Look what's happening in the Congress. What if Trump 
you know, what if this whole thing accelerates? What if we don't have a 2024 election? What if there's a reason why Tom Horn wrote the book Zeitgeist 2025? Sure is a lot of things syndicating that we could be leaving real, real soon. I'm talking about like in the next couple of years at the very most. I mean, that's just my feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I am wrong. But maybe I'm not. And that makes us very exciting. Very exciting. We're getting real close. And there's no reason why any of us should be suffering in the flesh over the challenges that we have in our life when we have such a merciful, awesome Father. And the key is praise. God bless you all. That is now 9.58 p.m. in the East Coast of the United States of Babylon the Great on Wednesday, October 4th. Nobody has turned into a zombie. There is no zombie apocalypse. People are not dropping in the street from Marlborg. But someday they probably will. Let's hope that we're not here for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will account us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth. And praise you, Jesus. Go to the wedding supper so I can get off this ketosis diet and stop eating eggs and cheese and meat. In Jesus' name, Father God, bless us all. Help us to pray for one another. Give us the energy that we need to put a little bit more time into our day. Keep us awake. Get, we need it. We need it now, and we need to draw in closer. We praise your holy name. We know that you will bring us to the place that you need us to be, that we will be accounted worthy, and that we will leave on the first transport out of here. In Jesus' name we pray, and thank you, Father God. Amen. All right, and the next get-together will be 7 p.m., Lord willing, uh, this Friday night for the Friday Night Prayer Vigil. Thank you all for joining us. Be excited, folks. The stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, the stuff that's going on right now, you might be, well, I live in France. I live in Spain. I just don't relate to I live in Namibia. I live in here. You know, no, 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 no. This is it. The focal point of biblical prophecy is the United States of Babylon the Great and Israel. And right now, all the action, for the most part, other than a Jew spitting on Christians, there isn't an awful, you know, there's stuff up in Israel. There's stuff queued up in Israel, and we're watching. But right now, all the action is taking place in Babylon the Great. And that happens to be where the real Antichrist, the final beast, is residing. Make no mistake, that's huge. God bless you all. We'll see you next Friday, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you for joining us tonight. Praise the holy name of Jesus.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.